Support for Character Crusade comes from audiobooks.com. Audiobooks make it possible to enjoy a story, learn something new, or find inspiration anytime, anywhere. And with more than 60,000 titles available, audiobooks.com makes it easy and convenient. Simply set up your account and start downloading your favorite books to your mobile device. Right now you can start a free 30-day trial and select a book of your choice to get started. Go to book.charactercrusade.com and start listening today. We're also supported by you, the fans of Couch Warrior TV and Character Crusade. Whether contributing to our Patreon campaign or simply helping us spread the word, none of this would be possible without your support. Go to patreon.charactercrusade.com to learn about the benefits of supporting the Crusade with a recurring donation and help keep the Crusade rolling. Character Crusade is a proud member of the N4G TV and Maker Studios Partner Network. N4G TV partners have access to exclusive production assets that are second to none and maintain full creative control over their channels. Partner benefits include 24-7 customer support, SEO, a dedicated graphics team, a catalog of more than 400,000 licensed music and sound effects, and more. Greetings, Crusaders. You're listening to Character Crusade Roleplay Workshop. I'm Stu. And I'm Joe. And I'm Matt. And we are all here together in the studio on microphones. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. It is amazing. I can see you this time. I know. It's incredible. (laughs) It's incredible. Wow. You know, it's actually sort of creepy. Can we go back to how it was? (laughs) I don't know. Pop filters all around. I think it's great. (laughs) No. 
<clears throat> but I'm not sure if I can afford to send Matt back east. Uh, yeah, I know. It was Don't so expensive the first was, time. Remember, Stu kept calling it a rendition. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, the guys we paid. Well, anyways. Yeah, the next thing you know, you're going to tell them I was in New York. Oh, oh, you screwed it up again. City no. or state? Mm, yes. <laughs> Whoa. Great thing is, get is more specific. this thing, laptop, way easier to carry than the console. And we are going to get enough. into that because you remember in the last episode, Matt threw down the gauntlet. He said he was going to do some epic leveling. So we're going to get into that in our character craft segment. So I, I'm looking forward to hearing all about how much epic leveling you did, Matt. <laughs> I'm interested to tell you too, Stu. Are and you? Some of it might actually. Are be true. you? You know, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Hey, I'm at level three now. That's epic to me. That, I have actually that is epic. my leveling. Wow, that's pretty actually, good productivity. That because I had uh, I was started at a level zero. Yep. Right back in Golden Potato. Which is impossible in the game, three. but that's pretty amazing. <laughs> you have to be born. <laughs> I was uh. born of pain and strife. Yes. <laughs> and then I became the naked Nord. <laughs> the naked Nord. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think we can just leave that one there. Well, we're going to hear all the details, the gory details about that in our Character Craft segment. Um, I'd like to uh, start by just letting everybody know that that uh, Character Crusade Episode 7 marks the beginning of our bi-weekly podcast. Now, don't fret. Don't fret none. Because even though we are going to be releasing this on a bi-weekly schedule now rather than a weekly schedule... Uh, we are going to be uh, extending the size of this podcast by quite a bit, covering a lot more content. We're going to be probably going out to an hour and a half, two hours, and and making sure that we're covering as much content as we had been previously. And I think um, <clears throat> it matters a lot for us because the fact that we're in the same room gives us a great advantage. Um, you know, we can we can see each other, we can talk more freely, and it, it really helps discussion. Yep. So I I don't think that we would be playing to our strengths if we tried to rush episodes and cram them into an hour for the sake of making an, a, a no, weekly podcast, right? No, then it'll podcast, come out like right? the first part of the Star Wars trilogy, let's be fair. That's true. No, the first Star Wars were good. I meant episodes one, two, and three, not episodes four, five, and six. <gasps> one, two, and... Th- this is way too philosophical Are those... for me. Which episodes are you talking about? Baby Anakin decides that he's going to be a pod racer. I'm fairly sure. Oh, I heard that they were going to make some movies about those, but I don't think they ever did. (laughs) Oh, you're probably right. Maybe they were just drafts that made it out. They were leaked. I was wondering, (laughs) what are midichlorians? (laughs) Yeah, Lucas, what the hell are midichlorians? (laughs) No one seems to know. I always thought that that was the stuff that they put in a swimming pool. There's so many kids peeing in this pool. Get the metachlorians. <laughs> get the metachlorians. Yes. Oh, God, no. Some, somebody get the pool bot in here. Ugh. Anyway, yes. Yes. So, uh, good news. Yes, we're going to be going to bi-weekly. That's okay. We're going to be uh, extending the discussions. It'll let us dig into these topics a little bit deeper, which I think will be better for us, better for everybody, everybody concerned. Um, a lot of the Dying. things that we're talking about... I think are also the sorts of things that can't necessarily be rushed if you want to get good ideas. And it also gives us an opportunity every single episode to address your wonderful uh, Crusader mail. So we're, we're going to be doing that this episode, and we're going to continue to do that going forward. But first, we're going to get into some thank yous in the Level Up segment. Stick around. <laughs> 
iTunes, amazing, everybody who has uh, been helping us to level up. Seriously, I know you guys have been out there, but uh, I will admit to have been listening to our own podcast. I'm not rating our own podcast because I figure, you know, it's sort of like voting for yourself. But <laughs> five-star ratings right now, pretty incredibly awesome. Uh, I know that we were talking a few days ago about yeah. where we are in the ratings. Uh, tell us where we're at, iTunes. Matt. Oh, good grief. You're going to tell me what we are at. <laughs> Hang on for a second, Stu. I have many, many text messages about that. Uh, but while we're talking about it, I think the more yeah. important part is the fact that we have listeners who have started listening to the podcast and rated us and given us some comments. We talked about this in one of the uh, prior podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but Amornar assuming that I'm pronouncing this correctly, and I'm sure that I'll get corrected, left a comment that says, just wanted to say, amazing podcast, guys. Started following Couch Warrior since Chapter 1 of Fleet Story, and this is a great inheritor of that foundation. Now, we're building on a legacy here, really, with uh, the entire Couch Warrior TV project, but bringing it into the podcast says, great information, community, content, discussions, and really just amazing contribution to the role-play community and applicable for Skyrim much, much more. Keep up the good work. So, uh, claps all Yay. Yay! Yay! We love reviews. Five-star reviews are even better. Five-star reviews are fantastic. They're hard to come by. They are. So, uh, come along for the crusade is the other one. Kendall, 38596. I've been following Couch Warriors since Chapter 1 of Aranus Arcana. The character crusade is a very welcome change. And it's very interesting to listen to if you enjoy roleplay. It's also informative if you want to improve your roleplay in Skyrim or anywhere, really. And I think the part about reaching out for roleplayers mm-hmm. is really crucial here. As I mentioned to you while I was out east, I had a great conversation with folks who were big into roleplay, mm-hmm. one of the gaming uh, stores out there. It's amazing to walk into a, a place and see 100 people who are in there interested in roleplay games, not just Skyrim, not just digital, but everything Dice oh, the whole gamut. Yep. Whole yeah. Gamut. And that's something that you guys have vast experience that I don't. A little bit uh, of background, not as much as some, but yeah. Right. yeah. Right. But talking about role play in the Skyrim uh, approach, I think is very different because you're generally playing on your own. Well, yeah, you're trying to meld that role play into, I don't know, static isn't the right word, but into a predefined set. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's your, your brain is doing the work. You know, you're you're putting all the pieces together. You're filling in all the blanks yourself. So it's it's kind of a a solitary role play experience. And for those of us who who are kind of raised on on more of a pencil paper, get together with your friends, a social role play experience. Yep. I I would say that that single thing is what drove me to start my YouTube channel in the first place. Mm-hmm. The fact that I was having a great role play experience and I wasn't sharing it with anybody and it drove me crazy. And I thought, you know, at this point, none of my friends are playing yet and I'm having this experience and I'm enjoying myself immensely. Maybe I can just share it with the world. So I started recording my Xbox play as, as a way of, you know, kind of fulfilling this need I had to discuss something I was excited about with people who are like-minded and then things took off from there. So it's totally true. I mean, I think there are a lot of aspects of of more social role-play games that, I don't know. Um, do you think it translates here? Well, I, I think some of the techniques do, right? The Skyrim role-play experience is a solitary one, and I think that that's why this channel, this podcast, this whole thing is important. People are looking for 
a community of people to share this experience with because traditionally role playing has been a social experience. Well, and I think other people are seeing that too. And you know, yeah. you were asking a minute ago. Uh, I was talking about stats. Well, first of all, amazing that everybody has been so wonderful about going out and listening to it. Our yeah. our download numbers are are much larger than we had originally anticipated. And from mm-hmm. a few days ago, ranked number 12 on new and noteworthy for games and hobbies on iTunes. Seriously, everybody who's listening to this podcast, please turn around and give yourself a huge pat on the back. Uh, find someone that you want to share this with. We would love right. to have more people hear this. But uh, for everybody who's uh, listening to it right now, that's fantastic. Ranked number seven in video games category. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. And I will say that over the last couple of weeks, we have had a spike as high as rank number four. It's on, almost on the podium. On games and hobbies, which is pretty amazing <laughs> when you consider that games and hobbies is a top-level category. Yeah. We're not talking about a subcategory. This is a this is the top-level category. So uh, we definitely owe it to to these loyal listeners-slash-viewers. Yeah. You well, know? and we're really high in Skyrim, which is not much of a surprise, right? No. Well, all the more reason to, I think, dial it back and, and spend and do some quality quality. Uh, recordings and yeah. and episodes yeah and and trying not to cut them into you know hour length and yeah or or what have you and yeah yeah spend a little more time and maybe not distribute them as frequently uh, right. like the one the you know the one week but so to me that says that's that's the right direction cuz yeah, people agree. really seem i mean i do you, you appreciate quality over quantity in, yeah, in this agree. particular yeah uh, case. Yeah, and I think as role players what we're trying to do here is create the sort of podcast that we would want to listen to. Well, and, yeah. you know, I, I mean it fair I, to say. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of people I think then who share that that view. So. Well, and it's fun to be involved in it, right? Cuz I by all measures shouldn't be sitting here because I'm such a loser at playing Skyrim, but <laughs> What's great about it is, is that did I've you made. See the arrow go through my head. <laughs> I did. I watched that. It's kind of amazing. But to connect with some other people who <clears throat> love it as much and are as interested or willing to just say, you know what, I'm going to give it a go, that makes it so much more fun too. Because I had a lot of reasons to get into it. You guys enjoyed it, and I think that that was reason enough. But to have someone else. Uh, jump in and say, you know what, I'm willing to just drop the little bit of money and pick it up, and then to know that we're having a more fun conversation uh, outside of the podcast. Well, it, it, it kind of comes circles back to to what Stuart was saying earlier about, you know, community. You know, this this type of play is more fun when you can share it with other people, and that's that's really what I think we had growing up uh, doing – role play uh, right. over the weekends and <clears throat> yeah. in college and all that. Right. It was, I mean, it was really just an excuse to get together. Yeah. Yeah. And with these types of games, you can't do that as easily. So it's, it's right. nice to be able to put this out and be part of it mm-hmm. so that we can not only share our experiences, but get the feedback on, on what's going on in your, your world as, you know, you know, on right. the other end of the spectrum listening. Absolutely. Well, we get lots of questions coming in from the website, and we'll go back through. Yeah, keep we it up. We like it. Yeah, yep. it's fantastic to hear from everybody. Questions and thank yous and comments and ratings. Uh, if you can think of a place where uh, that needs to be posted and we haven't thought about it yet, send us a note. Let us know where else we should be. <laughs> exactly. Uh, where are all the places that we're 
Well, on the on the internet. Stuff? Yeah, I mean we're on SoundCloud first and foremost. We we host our files on SoundCloud, our audio files. So when the podcast comes out, it's always going to hit SoundCloud first, and then from there it's distributed through our RSS feed to iTunes and Stitcher, and then of course you can always get it on charactercrusade.com if you're a pre- if you're a purist, right? And you want right. to you want to go and review the show notes and listen at the same time. It's kind of a cool thing, especially in those episodes where we may uh, throw in um, you know some screenshots of characters or things that we we were talking about in the right. podcast. So, yeah. And for your convenience, we've created subdomains for all those locations so you can get to them fast and easy. So, Absolutely. Right? Well, I'm sure we'll have lots more people who have got comments for us, but a huge opportunity for us to just say thank you right. to the entire community yep. for supporting us so far. And uh, we're looking forward to you sticking with us because as the newbies level up, we need the community to level up. <laughs> That's right. Ooh. That's well right. Well said. Exactly. So how did we do on Patreon this week? We've got th- – this is wonderful. I think in the last episode we, we did uh, a couple of shout-outs – to Rob and Sam, who were the first to help us out on Patreon. We've got two more this week, which I'm pretty darn excited about. That That is also further validation that, that what we're doing is is the right thing here at Character Crusade. Yes, so, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they're getting it at a good level, right? The $5 level at the night level. That's correct. Um, at that level, that, that uh, warrants access to all of the... Patreon exclusive content, and then also gets them a shout out. So the shout outs this time are going to uh, Paul and William, who both came in at $5 a month recurring income. And that gets us almost halfway. We've got almost enough uh, money in Patreon right now and recurring support to get us to our first goal, yes, which is at $50 and is, of course, making this into... A weekly. weekly thing. A weekly thing. We would love to do that, I <clears throat> right. think. We're calling it a weekly thing, not a weekly podcast, because we may stick with bi-weekly podcast but do something else in the alternating weeks. So, uh, you know, we're not, we're not necessarily doing a weekly podcast. We may sprinkle in there some other things, namely video, uh, and that is still in the works. But we can't do that without the support. So thank you all for, for giving it. We certainly appreciate it. And at the very bottom of the Character Crusade pages, there's a link out to Patreon. Uh, for anyone who hasn't been there yet, there's some really good detail out there about what the Patreon campaign is about. And it says a very nice, large thank you uh, for the five yeah. patrons and, and the income that we've got now. Uh, truly, thank you very much for supporting us. Uh, it's how we bring you great Skyrim stuff. That is correct. Well, that gets us through all of our Level Up content. Thank you, Matt. This is going to be a recurring theme for us because the support has been overwhelming. So I think every couple of weeks we're going to have all kinds of great fans and supporters to talk about. So I'm pretty excited about that. I agree. All right. Level up. All right. It's time to go into our character craft segment, and we are going to go around all three characters tonight. So stick around.
All right. Well, let's just get into this. Let's talk about Einar Stigander. So in our last episode, you were at level one. So tell us a little bit about what's going on with Mr. Einar Stigander, Matt. Well, I have done absolutely no modifications to Einar Stigander up to this okay. point, despite uh, much urging from other compatriots that there might be some very simple console commands uh, to make my life a lot easier. In fact, as I'm looking at it right now, uh, I have 283 gold, which is probably not very much. Uh, but I'm carrying, my carry weight is 420 out of 305. So it's not much of a surprise that I'm moving around like a lethargic slug because I, I have too much stuff to carry. You might want to look through your inventory a touch. And so I already have. So here's the thing. There's nothing you, know you want to drop? show about hoarders? Like I'm a Skyrim hoarder. I totally am. Because I don't know what stuff I need and what I don't. And when I kill somebody or get to a place, I'm, I'm taking it all now, right? So, <laughs> so <laughs> I, Those skeevers are going to get harder and harder. <laughs> oh well, you know, gosh. everyone needs a skeever tail, right? Or whatever it is that you get out of the teeth or whatever. <laughs> you, you can eat those, you know. Charred can skeever you really? hides. You can eat anything. You can eat anything. So here's the thing, right? So I, I was texting uh, Stu here in the middle of the night saying, what do I do with all this stuff? <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't want to, like, just abandon it in the road, right? <laughs> so he's like, well, here's the deal. Here's where you want to go. You can hide it in a barrel or do whatever you want. Uh-huh. So I'm now I'm trying to find a barrel, you know, because here I am. under a bushel. Completely overladen <laughs> no! with stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So I find a barrel Bad in the reference. middle of town, and I drop it all off. Mm-hmm. And that's barrel, like, not barrel. Barrel. Okay. Yes, like one that has already yeah. been uh, evacuated of all of its ale. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. An so empty I, So cask. I looked in my entire inventory, and I'm like, you know what? Except for... Spells, anything that I've got here, I'll, I'm going to get rid of anything that seems less important. Including so weaponry of and... All of the weaponry. I didn't think about the fact that I had just cast off all of my armor, my boots, you my gloves. Okay, I so left the helmet on. You're playing, you're playing <laughs> well, first person Thank goodness for that. Oh, totally. So I'm not okay. looking at myself at all. Oh. It's all looking at the world okay. through my own eyes. Oh. Okay, let's... You might so want to try a third at once because that's going to be fun. Matt so is playing yeah. first person perspective... And you accidentally shed your armor and everything, so I'm walking were, around in a helmet and a loin. You were running around in a loincloth and didn't realize it. So I didn't realize with a it wood until, axe, right? With a, no, I didn't even have a wood axe right when I left town. So uh, here's the thing: here's this big guy, right? You know, he's obviously spent more time in the gym oh, than I have. Dear God. And I'm walking, and like here comes I don't know a mosquito, and all of a sudden I start yeah. losing health, right? And I'm like, what is going on? Okay, so I go around try to find somebody, and I, I felt like, as you can imagine, were people right. telling you to put on clothes? They weren't. No, nobody oh, said anything. Really? I was talking to plenty of people. Maybe they thought it was kind of enjoyable that huh. someone felt so comfortable. Well, but. normally when you're in a populated area, they'll say like, <clears throat> um, you know, maybe you could make yourself decent, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I heard they'll they'll I hint heard to it. So hmm. outside of town, there's a little campfire, right. a whole bunch of you know sleeping bags and everything, and I'm. Just trying to figure out where everything is. And I'm standing near <laughs> the fire. And I'm like, well. something's wrong here, right? I know, yeah, right? The, the loincloth of fire. Um, and so, mysteriously, I you know, ran my finger back on the mouse wheel. And I'm like, holy cats. I have nothing on. No wonder I'm getting slaughtered when I walk by little children with a slingshot, right? Uh, you're, Freaking you're boots, a helmet, and a jock strap. <laughs> well, I... If I you, did find a shield in short order until I could oh, find some Oh, well, clothes. thank goodness for that. <laughs> if you go to the armor's bench, oh, you can no. upgrade your loincloth to a studded leather codpiece. That would, that <laughs> would have been a lot better. That would have helped. That would have been kind of mad. Well, if the yeah. smithing levels are right. That's, well, you have to have leather perk to do that. 
So otherwise, if you're in steel, all you get is a cock ring. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> God, did I go there? I, go there. <laughs> I thought that was a mouse, dude. <laughs> it's not so bad. It's not so bad once you get to ebony. Once you make the ebony one, all is well. It's all better. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Watch out for the glass. Anyways, yeah. so, so so I started and realized that I had literally nothing. Like where, I started at the beginning of the game with more than I had now. Where were you when you realized this? Were oh, you inside the barrel, the or, uh, or you were outside? You were in a town. I was in a town. Oh, okay. Okay. So hang on. Riverwood. So, I think I was outside Riverwood. So I'm going into town, there's a little little camp where guards hang out. Yes. Okay, yeah. So all right, you know they, they were. Oh, so yeah, you were weren't far from Helgen. You just came to River Riverwood. I went from back Hel- there, oh, okay. right? Because right. I had been in, I in had your cod piece. In my cod piece, <laughs> I went back okay. up there. Excuse me, I went back up there because I didn't know whether or not there was any other place that I would be able to find quickly uh, in order right. to stash my stuff. And at least okay. I knew how to get back there, right? right. I didn't want to hop on the cart and spend money to go to some place where I'd never yeah. been, where I absolutely knew I would never be able to find it. At least this place, I knew, okay, I've gone through the center of town. We had a shootout at high noon. Uh-huh. Uh, I knew what was going on. I knew where I could actually Have you been looking in. at the map? I have been looking at the map a little okay. bit. So most of it is still... But yeah. it's not marked. Right. Okay. Right. So at least I went back there, dumped everything into the barrel, ran out of town nude. Uh, and everything. You you mean everything. Everything. Okay. Uh-huh. Except the helmet. I kept Except the helmet. for the helmet. Yeah, very smart. Uh, went out to the campsite, got all this stuff, and then started making my way back down, you know, to wherever I sort of was pointed, right? Okay. So this is where I ended up down in the basement of this uh, cavern, castle, whatever it is, where the frost spider is. Bleak Falls Barrow. Okay, Bleak Falls Barrow. It's chilly, by the way, in a loincloth in Bleak Falls Barrow. Well, you made it into Bleak Falls (laughs) Barrow without any armor on? No, I had some stuff. And the the image that I have of myself now is is still a little bit clothed, but not quite probably as much as I should. Okay. Um, but you can tell that I'm picking everything up and clearly not paying attention to what it is that I'm yeah. slinging onto my back because I'm carrying an enormous amount of stuff and not wearing a whole lot. You so, know, it's got to be something you can put on in there. Well, in Bleak Falls Barrow, though, I mean, no, you know, probably not. Oh, yeah, there's <clears throat> kill a bandit, steal his armor, done. Oh, well, no, yeah, no. Right, yeah. so. Well, look at all the stuff I picked up that I'm not wearing. What the oh, heck? Christ, he's got studded I've armor. I've got studded and armor. <laughs> and you're not shield. wearing it? Well, you are now. Hey, but you, you know weren't. what? My choices are my choices. You know, feeling a little back to nature. You know what I what I love about this? See, look, and there's a silver ring. He was just talking about four hide bracers. Einar Stigander, I can picture him. Boots, helmet, feather boa, nothing else. That's (laughs) it. That's because he's ready to give you a a band. Yes, yes. No, this this is this is terrific. So so do I pick studded armor, fine, or regular studded armor? Fine. Fine difference. Can be a little better, maybe it, a little lighter, fine. a little bit more protection, higher quality, you know. So th- there's going to be there's going to be ratings for all of that mm-hmm. stuff, right? Look at how much crap I'm carrying. Look, at, I have four sets of bracers, four sets of boots. What am I doing? I'm hoarding, carrying a lot of crap. Sla- that you, I'm going to get slaughtered by. If anybody you were closer to to a town that you could get to quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could sell that all off and, and make mm-hmm. a little bit of coin. But at this really point, like you might want to drop quickly. some of it, yeah, I'm gonna have or to. find yeah. a find a container and just throw it you in. You know there. what you can do too, Matt, is go down to the essentials. Right, make sure you've got a full set of armor, a set of weapons, and then whatever healing potions or things like that you need. Ditch the rest. Go through the barrow, and then you know when you've got it cleared out, it's going to stay cleared for a while. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, you come out the other end and then you go back around and you collect all the gear you can and go and sell it off. But what you need to do is each time you find a Curus or something like that, compare it against what you're already wearing to see if the stats are better and then just swap, you know, and... Yeah, it'll tell you. And I've spent a lot more time yeah. trying to yeah. read through those. Yeah, you know, right. It was like in the beginning <laughs> right. when I'm setting up Einar Stigander as my first yeah. character. You can spend an awful lot of time. Oh gosh, yeah. Reading about it, it took me like an hour, mm-hmm. hour and fifteen minutes Easily. to set them up. But as I'm looking through all these, I'm like, okay, well, I looked at these other fourteen right. weapons. Which one <clears> do I use? And then I want something that's fast, and I want something that's gonna well. Kind of looking at what you're going on there, you look like you had an, some, a sword and a mace and uh, an axe. I've got lots of stuff. Uh, Hunting was bow, it axe is going to swing axe. faster than a mace? And a sword is going to swing faster than an axe. Yeah. So okay. if you're looking for speed, go for the the smaller, or the, well, the bladed, the 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 swords or the daggers. Yeah. Daggers aren't going to do as much damage. So like the yeah. steel Excuse war me. axe. Steel war axe Good is going to do not. decent damage. It's not going to be as quick as the sword, but okay. it's going to be faster to swing than the mace. Okay. Yep. Mace so. mace will be a nice damage dealer for you, but. Just a slower swing, that's all. Yeah, okay. pretty much. There's so, a trade-off. I mean, yeah, more damage for less speed. So. Yep, yep. You know, same with the two-handed weapons. They so, swing slow, but if they hit, yeah. look I, out. I think I think what you've achieved, Matt, does qualify as epic leveling since since our <laughs> last since our last discussion, honestly. Because uh, the, the learning curve at the beginning of Skyrim can be rather steep. Um, but once you start to understand the details in, in how things fit together then it becomes way easier. And what you're contending with is, you know, you're, you're so busy trying to figure out the game rules, how everything works and what your options are, right. that, that role play is virtually impossible to achieve. Just trying to figure out and what I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed yeah, to go. I know. Generic you know, game so mechanics, right? Very few people make uh, a first character that's not a throwaway character. That's how I felt about mine. Um, the first character I made... You know, I had no idea what I was doing, and I floundered around and, and stuff like that. And eventually I was like, you know what? This has been a great learning experience. I figured out how things work. Now I'm going to go back, and I'm going to create a new one, understanding what I need to do this time around. And, you know, so and you I think it's great. keep your original character as a sort of a reference. I think I'm already thinking yeah, about can, creating yeah. a new character. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, we were chatting a few episodes ago as your character more like you is it completely opposite of you i just said i want the guy that looks really awesome i think that's He's an interesting huge, question actually right? uh-huh. uh, it's more of a psychological or a, yeah. you know analytical it is so i'm compl- i'm completely compensating by having this enormous hulking muscular nord dude because here. you're so tiny yeah that's that's exactly well that's exactly it. I, I, feel uh, so tiny. I don't so. know anyone who describe you that way but okay all right mountain of a man right but <laughs> but no i get you I, I i think i know where you're going so but again about game mechanics understanding mm-hmm. about swing speed about what right. it is that you've got i honestly didn't know when you stopped to trade weapons does the world stop around you as you pick a new weapon i was concerned that i was going to continue getting right. hacked on because right. all the other fps games that we were playing you immediately press a key and you've changed weapons i've mapped nothing on my keyboard here so i've got mm-hmm. no advantage there so when i want to change something oh let's go into the map let's go into the items let's go into oh, weapons yeah, let's yeah pretty much when you get into a menu screen yeah, the, everything around yeah. you pauses, okay. and I think there actually there are there are mods that will prevent that. 
Mm-hmm. There's a nice um, little grace period, though, there, which is ideal uh, for personally, when you're starting I, out. I'm not good enough at swapping <laughs> things out fast enough, and I don't hotkey a lot of stuff either. So I do um, use my I use my quick menu I, a lot. I do for some of, but not as extensively as right. others, such as yourself. Yeah, I well, haven't maybe gone. Maybe lesson for another time. You can tell me about the quick menu. Yeah, well, it's. I don't know. I I like it. Usually, I keep it simple, though. I don't I don't map a lot. Um, I will usually map three or four weapons, depending on the character. Okay. Maybe one or two spells or a lantern. I, I'll usually um, you know hotkey my lantern or a light spell because it's something I would use a lot. Or healing. Yep. And then the top the top end uh, of my number keys usually. Uh, eight, nine, and, and zero, I will leave for something like convenient horses. Oh. And for that, you know, I'm usually mapping one to say horse follow me or don't follow me, one to open my horse's inventory, and then sometimes for a fast dismount or something like that in, you know, combat situations. But How do you tie keep up your horse when you get somewhere? You don't. It's You're smart, don't. though. You've yeah. trained it well. No, I, no, I haven't because the stays. first horse that I got ran off at, at breakneck speed probably because I had been riding <laughs> him with a loincloth. So. Did you steal it? I did. Yeah, well, that's, that's why. why it went. It went back to its original owner. That makes if me you, sad. I thought you, that maybe he would have, yeah. you know. You know <laughs> if you come up to a horse like anything and it doesn't say steal, then you can acquire it. Okay. If yeah. it says steal, then... It's gonna no. it's gonna go back to it's gonna return to its origins when you get off of it. Yeah. Sure. You'll you'll get a horse, but you'll also get a bounty and then Well you get that it, too. It won't wait the bounty bonus. stay forever, by the way? The, no, the bounty well it depends. I or mean does it wear out. No, it, no, it, it, it stays until it stays, but you have an option, right? You can do time or you can pay it off or whatever. You'll eventually get to a point where a guard will confront you and he'll say, Hey man, you know, you need to do something about this uh, and okay. you can choose what you want to do. You can either resolve it or you can make it worse. So <laughs> um, depending on your uh, worse. style. So level three. Um how do you feel about it so far? I mean, uh, what, what's your overall impression of the game in terms of just enjoyment? I think, uh, honestly, it's really a lot of fun. I can totally lose a lot of time. I'm not going to go into the st- yeah. stats menu and show how long I've been playing because I've yeah. died a lot, yeah. right? So it's a huge time suck. Mm-hmm. Um, but after everyone else in my house has gone to bed and I can just put on the big headphones and just play, it's mm-hmm. really a lot of fun because even if you die, mm-hmm. you know, if the, I've set my save points to be relatively close together mm-hmm. now because then at least I don't <clears> have to go back right. and redo 45 minutes worth of work. Um, I've enjoyed figuring out the weapons. I've enjoyed figuring out what I can and can't take without getting in a huge amount of trouble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that you can explore lots of places that don't look like you can really yeah. go there. Uh, you had mentioned, I think, in podcast number one about the fact that what was epic to you was that, you know, that mountain over there, you can go yeah. there, right? Yeah. And you can. Well, well, you can, but if you are carrying 450 you can't go out there of 300, very quickly, you go there no. very slowly, right? Um, yeah. It's like wearing a land anchor and hear that. trying to figure out what I can get rid of because I don't really know what's important yet because I don't know what's just outside the door or just inside that door. Yeah, yeah. But in where I am now, it's just one of those first puzzles. I felt like I was yeah. playing Mist, right? Had oh, to figure yeah. out the puzzle Mist, and then it like opens Mist. up the gate and then you get inside. And uh-huh. I thought that was... A lot more fun. I didn't realize that there were going to be you know, little puzzles like that. Yeah, there's 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 little logic puzzles kind of strewn throughout the game. Mm-hmm. It may have realized I was having some trouble, so maybe we throw some logic at it and he'll do well. Maybe yeah. we'll start thinking about his I don't know attire for one. <laughs> right, <laughs> they're not particularly challenging. 
No, but they're I, not over the top. No, no that's but not if you're used to just walking into a place and you know whacking things with blunt objects, then when you realize that you actually have to figure out how to get mm-hmm. through the door, see, look at this. It looks pretty cool, right? Well, um, he looks a lot better now that he's clothed. Yeah, <laughs> right. So um, I found that to be kind of fun. But you know, looking in these places where you're fighting skeevers on the stairs, and you know, you're walking into areas that are not well lit, and you don't have any kind of a spell that will light it up, or you don't realize that you should have been smart enough to pick up a lantern. Um, I don't know what it's going to be like when I get to level six or level mm-hmm. ten or level whatever you guys are at. Right. Uh, I have no idea how long it takes to get there, but yeah. you know, I've only picked up a couple of quests. I still don't remember where I'm supposed to go. I felt like I should have like written it down and taken a note, yeah. but I know I can go back. Yeah. So, well, I'm so looking forward to hearing your updates, like when you hit level twelve or fifteen. Right? I'm and hoping that by the next time we're sitting down know? like this, that I'll mm-hmm. be like a level six or eight or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's cumulative, right? Is it twice as hard to get to level three as it is to get to level it, two? It's, it slows down. No, it slows. It's not. I wouldn't say that it's cumulative in that much, it's right? It's not it, exponential. But no. Okay. It, it becomes progressively longer right. process, right? So I'd say I what ask? up to, what would you say? say? Like what, 15 to 20? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can yeah. acquire those levels Fairly rapidly if you're playing yeah, somewhat yep. consistently. Yep. Then it starts to slow down more noticeably. Yeah. So yep. what level were your most advanced characters so far? I think for me it was probably Grimal at around 61. Mm-hmm. For me um, it was um, a high elf battle mage named Pagan, and he made it to 68. Oh, that's pretty good. Revolsi, actually, I, I think I made it up to around 60 as well. Yeah. So the, the first 20 levels will go fast. And then the way the game is kind of set up, when you hit when you hit level 50, things really taper off. Okay. But by that time, it's, I, I don't know, it, it's more about enjoying the content at that point, right? And yeah, you kind of had thinking no about what, it quite so you much. You have a better idea what's happening so yeah. and what you should do. Right, because you've got beyond um, that whole issue of survivability. Right. Right. So one of the things that you might want to consider, Matt, is when you get back to Riverwood and turn this quest in, yep. you'll make a little bit of money and all that stuff. But there's a guy right in Riverwood named Findall. Yep. He's an elf. You may have run into him already. Yes, I already had to deliver love notes to him or whatever. Yes. <laughs> well, he can train you in archery. Okay. If you have enough money, he'll train you in archery. And it's great because he can train as many as five levels. Um so you can train five levels of any skill, provided you can find the trainer. Okay. In between your character levels. Oh. So you could go to find all, and he could he could train you up five more levels in in ranged weapons, which of course helps you get closer to that next character right, level as right, well. Right. But sometimes that that's always a nice shortcut. So too. is there a ladder that you can follow? I mean, I don't want to just go after no. the game mechanics to level up, but I mean, do you know? No. Okay. Not not really. I mean, it's it's just a matter of what skills do you want to focus on, and can I find a trainer? Yeah. The trainers are scattered all over Skyrim. Yeah, they're all over the place. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. In cities or not. I mean, yeah. I think a good um, example of someone that can train you that's not in the city is the mm-hmm. uh, the uh, what's her name, the archer, Angie. Angie. Yeah. She's way the hell out of the way. Yeah, she's way that's up something in the mountains. You, that's a person you find almost by accident. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but she's not a traditional trainer no, either. No, no. She you makes can, you work for it, yeah, right? Right. So, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but, but if you go and visit Angie... She can, she can, you can yeah, get, you can get a lot more yeah, than just, you can get seven levels out of her, um, right. easy. Cause she's, I think there's, 
She'll train you, and then there's also, in her hut, there's also a skill book, an archery skill book. If you haven't read it already, that'll get you another level right there. I, I want to say the maximum you can get uh, by visiting her is seven levels. So Do you level up when you're doing things like reading, by reading the entire text or by picking it up? by Picking it up and opening it. That's yeah, all you for books, do. it's, just, it's yeah. just opening it. Because I've been trying yeah. to figure out how much of the content of the books that I'm reading do I need to internalize. No. No, that's that's really more for entertainment. Okay. I mean, I'm, yeah, role play. Some, see, some of it's kind about, of fun to read through. This but, is about game mechanics, right? I mean, but as far as game mechanics go, all you got to do is just open it. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to know whether or not the stories, the material that was in the books was germane to the next thing if I had it to remember. It can be. Right? It can some some quests will require you to, you know, find journals and books and mm-hmm. within those journals, usually right. a journal They'll mm-hmm. give you more information on how to proceed or how to get past the next sure. um, thing, you know, roadblock. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, but well, th- that's pretty obvious when those come up. I yeah. mean, you'll know. It's a great update, Matt. Thank you. I got a long way to go, and now that he's clothed and has some weapons, he's ready to I go. I think he'll probably get there a little faster now. Yep, I think <laughs> well, so. so. Well, let's move on to our next character, uh, Joe's character. Stick around. Okay, Joe, tonight we're going to talk about a new character you've created. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. I haven't uh, had a chance to play Hinto as much as I'd like, so I don't really have any new updates for him. But I have uh, been putting together a new concept for a, um, for a darker darker character. Okay. Uh, it's a female, mm-hmm. female character. I've never done a female character in Skyrim yet. Okay. So that, uh, new experience? New experience. I mean, mechanically, it's doesn't matter, but uh, play-wise, it it should be kind of fun. Well, you and I had a conversation over the weekend where you were thinking about trying to create a character who is is really dark, um, and we had talked a little bit about Maybe some of the some of the things you were thinking of. So I'm I'm curious to see sort of the direction you're going to go. Yeah. So this uh, the the original what I was thinking was kind of this dark paladin, kind of a fallen paladin, if you will. Uh, so that's kind of where I started with, and the way it's kind of playing out so far, she is level one, uh, a mm-hmm. Dunmer. <gasps> I'm a higher level than you. You are higher level. <laughs> you are. Um, she's a Dunmer named Inarith. Inarath, mm-hmm. excuse me. Okay. Uh, Dunmer names are a little bit tongue twisty, I think, sometimes. <laughs> they can be. Uh, so naturally, that's why you would choose it, right? Uh, anyway, so uh, she is uh, born in Windhelm. Hmm. Uh, from immigrant parents, so she was born in Windhelm, although her parents came from the the Morrowind Solstheim, that, that whole okay. Dunmer area. Gotcha. So that's where she was born at, and she kind of has that kind of that creepy child. There's just something not the same about her as the rest of the kids. Okay. She she has a she's a dark character, and I wanted to go dark because uh, it seems like every time I try to start out with this, you know. 
this strapping character with angst, and he always finds to have this noble cause comes up and takes him over. Okay. So I'm like, you know, I just want to play something. So it's something dark. It's start dark and stay. Start dark, dark stay dark. <laughs> yeah, we we had this great conversation about how do you do that, right? Because. A lot yeah, of times, nobility seems to kind of creep up, and yeah, and just, it just messes up all that thing. aside, right? Uh, yeah, I will admit it. When I'm playing, I don't know. I have to step out of my own brain mm-hmm. to think about how would I do stuff that I wouldn't right. normally do in my regular life. Right? No, it's, it's okay for me to steal all that stuff. Yep, it's seriously <laughs> challenging right, right. to to play a to play a purely evil character who also has humanity is extremely difficult because I think a lot of us, our first reaction would would be to say, yeah, I can play an evil character, but then we'd play them like they were the Terminator. You know? <laughs> right, just complete, robotic. Yeah, just robotic, completely right. devoid of personality, infallibility, and all these things that, that make a person uh, an individual. So. Right, so... I think with her, I'm going to uh, go down the path of uh, Maroon's Dagon. Okay. Uh, and so really she's, nice, wholesome yeah, path. Yeah, of course. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. So, uh, <laughs> going to keep her keep her true. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but right now, uh, so she's had kind of this this as far as backstory goes, and I don't have it detailed. I don't have mm-hmm. it detailed out. Uh, but I did write down some bullet points. Um, I sent them earlier, yeah. but I, I don't. I mean, I don't have them in front of me, but what I can say right now is that uh, she she was born Windhelm in the slum district. Yep, as most Dunmers live in that particular city, mm-hmm. and her mother died in childbirth. Okay, so she was raised by her father for about three years when he was murdered in a hate crime on the docks. Ah. Things so, just keep getting better. So now she is an orphan who is is being raised by her aunt and uncle who also immigrated with her parents. Okay. So up until about age seven, so we're kind of fast traveling or fast tracking to age mm-hmm. seven here. Okay. Uh, her her uh, aunt has begun to teach her some things about alchemy and trying to give her some skills. Right. And she sees the potential to harm people with all these alchemy skills. Okay. Her aunt's not thinking a whole lot about that. Hmm. (laughs) So her aunt stops teaching her. Her (laughs) aunt refuses to teach her anymore Hmm. because she doesn't, she sees where this this little girl's going and she doesn't want to be the one to cause it. Okay. So then Inarath decides at around age... I think I, I think about age ten to twelve, that her aunt and uncle are stifling her progression. Okay, that she's rebelling. She's okay. a teen, tween, whatever. Uh, so she runs away. <clears throat> okay, she runs away from Windhelm, from the people bringing her up, and she is in, intercepted by a group of bandits. The bandits take her in and begin to raise her as kind of one of their own. Okay. And during this time with the bandits, they have this, these dealings, as bandits do, with a variety of people. And so a group of those people have to be necromancers, or okay. happen to be necromancers. And that intrigues her. Mm-hmm. So she starts thinking more about the necromancers. And as she's with these bandits, she's kind of learning a little bit more about 
you know, she runs into different cultures and, and different things. And uh, she decides that she's going to run away from them. And she's going to go find these necromancers. Okay. Because she can relate. So that brings us to about age 15. She runs away from the bandits. Okay. And she finds the necromancers. And they accept her and take her in. So huh. now she's in this more structured environment because you know there's there's study and there's there's you know the alchemy she, which she gets reintroduced right. to and it's still a little chaotic she likes order she's you know it's come right. to this point where she likes order and although it's better than it was it's still not where it needs to be for her mm-hmm. and during her studies she comes across books of her people the Dunmer mm. uh, this mm-hmm. is where she learns a little bit more of her past or her culture Okay. Uh, this is where she learns of Mayrun's Dagon, and she really migrates and can, okay. that hits a chord with her. Sure. So this is where she picks up her Mayrun's Dagon vibe. So you've put you've put a a fair amount of thought into just kind of the progression with this character. Yeah, because I want to set up her mental state well, when I start the game. Well, a lot of psyche. In yeah. This one. Yes. Where, what I'm curious about then is you, you said something about. She she kind of discovers that she has the capability of harming people through through her alchemy work. Well, does that yeah. well does 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 she have a desire to hurt people? And and if so, does that come from a place of hate, or does it come from a place of kind of morbid curiosity, or what is it? You know, at that point, she was so young. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's more of a a, a morbid curiosity. Uh-huh. coupled with uh, a beginning to understand right. how you can take control of other people. Okay. So she's learning to that wow. with that with that harm comes power. Yeah. She can control. Right. We have interesting, right, an extremely um, intelligent, curious, and driven person with what sound to me sort of like sociopathic tendencies. Probably. Um, really impressionable. Well, yeah, right? Right. Everything mm-hmm. that she runs into is something she just kind of puts in the bag of tricks. Oh, yeah, yeah, she absorbs right. Maybe it. use that later, but right. eh, not right now. Right. right. Absorb it, store yeah. it. Yeah. Keep it in your bag, yeah. It'll yeah. be... Uh, it's part of your toolkit now. <laughs> interesting to see how this, um, this sort of it's not fair to call it evil you know calling it evil isn't isn't what to call it right? no it's, it's it's at this point no at this point i wouldn't say evil it's, it's dark she's it's she's going dark, dark and yeah, down a dark. dark path and and whether she stays on it is is her decision in the long run right there's so, a lot to overcome there though so there's a yeah great she's got a lot of baggage that she's dealing with in probably yeah. not so healthy a way yeah but so she's <laughs> 15 uh, at say I'm gonna you know 15 when she comes to the necromancers, spends about five years with them, uh, mm-hmm. studying, learning about her 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 heritage, learning about Merun's Dagon and alchemy and uh, mm-hmm. enchantment maybe to a small extent, right? Um, <clears throat> and at about age 20, I'm saying after about five years. And that's where the game starts for me. Okay. So she's equivalent to human age 20. Okay. Now, I don't know the, the Dunmer lifespan, but it's, say, equivalency. Okay. Okay. 
So age 20 is when I'm starting the game for mm-hmm. her. And her whole deal is I'm really digging everything that Mayroon said about my people, about, mm-hmm. you know, his, his order and, you know, making the world yeah. a better place. Right. Through that, <laughs> that warped sense. Yeah. yeah. And her thing is, what's this mythic dawn I keep hearing about? Oh, okay. I need to go see if that still exists. Okay. And if it doesn't, I need to see if we can make it. Bring it back. Bring it, it back. Yeah. yeah. So she decides to, yet again, run away from the necromancers to okay. pursue to pursue whether or not the, the mythic dawn really exists. Okay. And so what she can do about it. That's interesting because it sounds like hanging out with the necromancers was, was kind of an academic thing for her. Yeah. But, but she's got something of, of a of a spiritual hole she's trying to fill a little as well. bit. And I guess maybe that, uh, you know, looking back on some of my past mm-hmm. characters, that seems to be a recurring theme, but it, it's such a good driving yeah, it can be. plot point. It can be. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, well, for, I would say it's, it's a spiritual thing mm-hmm. as much as she agrees with the tenants. Okay. Um, it's, it's really about putting order back into the world. Okay. Even yeah. if it's perhaps not in the best way. But there is a question there, though, right? Because you're playing other characters that seem to be much more spiritual in nature. Is this just a cerebral? It's kind of a, if I, well, if that's I a do good, this, we'll that's get a this good, result. That's a, that's a good analogy. It's a, kind of a cerebral version of that, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so here's the twist on it, though: is that she wasn't so lucky this time around. Okay. She tried sneaking out. She grabbed supplies. She tried getting away, and the necromancers caught her. They don't like being used uh-huh. as as they would see it. So they caught her, and the next thing she knows, she's waking up in a room. She has no idea where she is. Okay. And that's where the game starts. Ah, uh, okay. So Sweet that backstory. is a that is a product of alternate start. Okay. So and I went with the necromancy, the okay. necromatic alternate start option. All right. And, and what uh, did you get? <laughs> I got a whole can of worms opened up. Did you really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> More than you were bargaining for, I guess. Uh, it was a surprise. All Absolutely. Right. And I, you know, I don't know if Alternate Start has um, uh, random options for each of the starts or if they're all the same. Uh-huh. So I don't know if I want to bust it open for anybody, but I mean, uh-huh. Alternate Start's been around for a little bit, so I guess I probably could go on and, well, you know, you, the other thing you can do is you could uh, you could save the reveal for our next episode and tell tell that. us where Let's she that, came because out. Honestly, I just started yep. her, so I really yep. don't have much to say beyond that she started out in a room uh, filled with alchemy ingredients, uh, a safe bed, a cooking pot, and a skeleton. And that's it. And a skeleton. And a skeleton. <laughs> to snuggle with. Well, fortunately, yes. he was not in the bed, so. Not oh. in a snuggling mood. Well, you can't uh, even spoon with a skeleton. No, good but he did it? seem pleased to see me. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's going to be such a great amount of yeah. character depth For sure. with this character. Yeah, where where I'm going to take her from here, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I need to survive the environment. It's not a very friendly environment. I will right. we'll lead up to that. Yeah. So. There's, so much, there's so much in the backstory that makes the playability 
so much more interesting. Yeah, right? and mm-hmm. it just kind of basic. Really, it all kind of came to me. Well, after our conversation yep. uh, of the overall, the arching mm-hmm. goal uh, is to make this kind of this dark paladin character. Yeah. Um, but that's that's way way out there. Yeah, that's a that's a that's way down the road. State. That's way down the road. So, yeah. in the meantime. What makes her tick? So that's yep. that's really actually I did that all today. I'm like, you know, I just it yep. kind of came and I started putting down bullet points. Well, this is what the biography is all about. We talked about biography a little bit, obviously already, um, but we said we were going to come back to it a lot. And really, what the biography is supposed to be about is we're not we're not telling the narrative of of what has happened to our character up to the point where the game of Skyrim starts. What we're doing is trying to lay down the groundwork that's going to help us understand who they are as a person, because we need that basic understanding of who they are as a person to get a sense uh, when we're role-playing this character in Skyrim, how they're going to react to different situations. Because right. well, Why do they make the, the decisions they do? Yes. In the grand epic of this character's entire story... If they were going to write a novel about your character, they wouldn't write about the biography. The, the, the important stuff about what happens to the character would be the stuff that's happening in Skyrim. The, the stuff in Skyrim is, 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 we've talked about it before, is that crucible that makes the character into the amazing thing that they turn into for good or bad. Right. Right? Yep. yep. So, and, yeah. And the bio really just sets up your start. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's it's all about the playthrough and yeah. what happens next. Right. I think what you've done is is absolutely perfect. You've hit on certain points, right? You, we we've got a little uh, set of milestones. Yeah, some hi- highlights that would know. have had an impact. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's terrific. I'm excited to hear about uh, where she goes, and like, I'm also excited to hear about your experiences playing your first uh, female character and how that. Yeah, works yeah, you, so. yeah. And uh, uh, I will also just as an. Uh, add on uh, mm-hmm. currently given her background and these are goals that may change but right mm-hmm. now at the start of the game she has two goals to either discover and or revive the mythic dawn mm-hmm. and to bring Ulfric to his knees wow, and crush him yeah well, that send him to oblivion. That hatred of Ulfric obviously coming from what happened to her parents, right? Correct. So, yeah. And whether or not that comes to fruition, we I will find out. Well, a really scary person with a vendetta. I love it. And <laughs> perfect. And just for uh, uh, maybe some some mm-hmm. notes for Matt's sake and anyone yeah. else that's that's new, uh, Windhelm is the city that is ruled by Ulfric Stormcloak. Uh, if you took the vanilla, um, which you did, the start, yeah, the start in Helgen, Ulfric is one of the riders with you. Okay, uh, he turns out that he is the Jarl of Windhelm mm. and the the, right. the the leader of the Stormcloak Rebellion. Yeah. So, unfortunately, in his city, whether you agree with his politics, uh, the Dunmer, along with the Argonians, and pretty much anyone that's not Nord are treated really as mm-hmm. second-class citizens. 
and uh, there's a there's a a small set or sect within the city where you'll find most of the Dunmer people, and they're all kind of downtrodden. It's it's basically yeah. a, a slum, a little ghetto. Okay. So mm-hmm. uh, that's just kind of some some to fill in some of the blanks yeah. that that yeah. You know, as I was going through my story, my backstory, that might not have made a lot of sense mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Really yeah. Do. Well, sounds good. Uh, we'll we'll touch base again in the next episode and find out where she's at. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. All right. Uh, we are going to go over uh, my character characters next, so stick around. Uh, so my character update uh, this week is divided a little bit. All right. And we're talking Fulcrum? Uh, we're talking Shalott. Oh, Shalott. Okay? Now, if you remember, I'm working on my Epicosity project. Yeah. I have um, played uh, Julian up to about level 45. Julian, a.k.a. Fulcrum. Fulcrum, yes. We've talked in the past. Yep. And um, I, I gave him a rest and said, okay, I'm thinking about using him as my Dragonborn candidate. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to go and put together my Harbinger character. And for that, I created the Red Guard Shulot. We talked about him, I think, in the last episode. Yep. Um, Correct. So here's the thing. Um, with Shulot, I've, I've been having so much fun just kind of being a swordsman and, you know, being a part of this sort of uh, imperial army that I've created. Yeah, that, now, so give us a quick refresher. He's yeah. just kind of a straight-up fighter. Yes, he is. Okay. He's a warrior focusing on uh, two-handed, and he uh, came in through alternate start as part of uh, the Imperial Army. So last time around, we talked about this whole thing about his whole crucible being um, losing the men that he was commanding, right? And and what did he do? And when we left off, he had gone back to Whiterun, and the idea was that he was going to start in Whiterun to figure out what to do about his commission. And the way that I'm thinking about this is that he he's a bit of a special case in that not only is he is an off he's an officer, but he's he's been sort of given the leeway to be a bit of a free agent. He has the authority to bring on his own soldiers and so forth. And his objective, the objective given to him um, by his commanders was, you're going to go into this area. That's neutral territory in the Civil War. Right. It's this area that's around White Run. This is the this is the part of Skyrim that's still undecided. And your objective is to spread goodwill among the citizens, to make political connections, and to do everything that you can to ingratiate yourself to the citizens. Right. So to him, that means taking care of the bandit menace, and he can't take care of the bandit menace without first setting up some kind of base to operate from and recruit new soldiers and all this kind of stuff. Sure. So what area, if I can ask? Uh, well, it's kind of interesting because, first of all, the what I decided to do was I needed to build up some kind of a fortification, and then I needed to uh, recruit enough soldiers to man it. And so I'm... I'm using a mod called Tundra Defense, 
And I highly, highly recommend this mod. It's it's amazing. Basically what it does is it gives you an, a, a whole toolkit that allows you to build buildings and fortifications anywhere in the sky, in Skyrim you want to. You can literally f- find any plot of land anywhere and start building on it. And so by using the menu items and by spending some money, you can you can build uh, fortifications, buildings, towers, scaffolds. You can build a barracks. You can build a, a main office building. You can set up um, a general store and a mine. You can have citizens come and live inside your compound, and you wow. can collect taxes. Um, I like taxes. It, it's amazing. And what I would, what I I could see this having so many possibilities. Um, but what I did is Shulat started by going into Whiterun and starting to meet people. And like I said, one of the things that he did is because he feels a little bit out of his element, he's a bit socially awkward, he doesn't exactly feel like he's the most qualified person to be talking about politics with people and and so forth. The first thing he does is he goes to the bannered mayor and he sits at that back table. Right. He beco- he you know, he becomes a bit infatuated um, oh yeah, yeah, with Sadia, right? With with Sadia, yeah. yep. But one of the things I discovered is that back table in the kitchen at the Bannered Mare is also where Battleborn Senior likes to come and sit down oh, and, really? and take some of his meals. I guess I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And I'm sitting there hanging out, oh, funny, watching Sadia cooking. Now you've it, heard of Battleborns, huh? I'm sure you have. Oh yes. I'm sure you've heard of me, you know, <laughs> a name I'm sure you know well. Yeah, he's, he's, oh, I can't stand him. Asshole. But anyway, he, he sits down at the table right across from me, and then we start getting into this political conversation. And what, what you very quickly realize is that as part of the Civil War quest, he's a huge backer of the Imperials. Mm, naturally. Right? So, and he's, he's probably one of the most wealthy and influential people in Whiterun. And now he's sitting at the table, and we have this common interest. And, oh, and it perfect. happened by accident, right? So the way that I kind of role-played that is like, okay, you know, he sees Shulat, who's obviously uh, in officer gear, sitting at a private table. He comes back and has a conversation with him, and now there's this mutual respect thing going on, right? Right, right. Where I'm, perfect. you know— I'm now talking to this guy who's very well connected politically inside of White Run and who's a huge Im- imperial sympathizer. Oh yeah, and someone so, you could probably relate to on a you know that that right military level. Yeah, there's the military. Yeah. There's the, the whole military thing. Yeah, that they would have really comfortable with. Yep, and then the whole political thing. Until Sadia comes and cooks yeah. something. <laughs> Until Sadia comes and cooks something, and then, and then I then I check a little. Her, then I check her out. But. Um, <laughs> So quiet. Yeah, shut up, shut up. I'm trying to watch this. Look at she's stirring. She's keep, stirring. Keep like stirring. It's important. Stirring the soup. <laughs> That's amazing. Pretend I'm interesting. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so basically, what I did is I, to me, that was sort of like Shalot um, making a very critical political connection inside of oh, White Oh, for Run. sure. And then so immediately after that happened, I used amazing follower tweaks, and I went and recruited Battleborn Sr.'s son. Oh, nice And made, made him into a follower, and then I put him in uh, I, I put him in all Imperial officer's garb, and I, I basically made him an officer. And then um, 
I went and had a a giant slugfest with that that huge woman who sits in the bannered mare who wants to fight you. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> we she's what at the back table, I think. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember her name. No, I don't remember. I have um, to look it up. Yeah, but yeah, we'll put it in. Yeah, I got I got into a fist fight with her, and then uh, after I after I beat her up, she said, "Okay, I could follow you." So I brought <laughs> her on as a follower and made Perfect. her also into an officer. And then at that point, um, the three of us started traveling around, and and this to me this was goodwill time, right? I've sure. got I've got a couple of, you know high quality people with me um by this point i had uh scrounged up enough money to purchase a horse i had outfitted the two of them in imperial gear so we went riding up to valfheim towers we cleared it out um that's you know the imperial army going and taking care of the citizens rooting out the bandits we cleared out um uh river watch that bandit camp across the river there we we cleared that out we went up to Helgen, cleared all the bandits out of Helgen, cleared all, all right. the bandits all the way up and down there, right? And so, to me, that was us doing our thing, right? And right. It was it was creating that well, goodwill. It a, yeah, it's a visible show. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing I did, of course, along the way, as I is I is I confiscated absolutely, you know, every item, every stitch of armor, every weapon I could find. We loaded down the horses, and and then we went around. You know, to halted stream camp, we took out the smugglers that that are hanging out all over the place around there. Right, cleared them all out, and then I took all of that loot back to White Run. I converted it all to materials and cash, and then I used that money to start building uh, our compound, the, so, the Imperial uh, compound. With with the compound, uh, was it Tundra Defense? Is that tundra, what you said? Tundra Defense. Yes. Okay, so. I know in the past you've also used a mod called Guild Starter. Yeah. Do you think you would need that if you have this mod? Oh, yeah. In fact, I'm using both. Okay. Okay. So here's here's the way that this works. Um, Tundra Defense gives you all of these tools. And I, I went online and I saw, I, I watched a couple of videos on, on people building things. Um, and a lot of people who use Tundra Defense are, are using it in a lot of, in, in the same way that a lot of people have used um, game modes in, in, in other games where you can create small fortifications and then you can fight wave after wave of enemies. Okay, okay. That's kind Almost of like what, a, a horde type. Right. Okay. That's sort of what Tundra Defense is designed to do. Sure. It let So what you can do is you can set up enemies to spawn whenever you want, and then you can defend your fortress. There you go, Matt. Yeah. Enemies whenever you want. I love yeah. the idea of more enemies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? <laughs> what? But the way that this plays out is I, I looked at a lot of these videos. So people who are using Tundra Defense for that purpose tend to find big, flat, open spots, mm. and they'll build uh, a wall, and then it's about you know defending that location. What I decided I wanted to do was I wanted to take a little bit different approach, and I wanted to use the tools available in Tundra Defense to really try to build in a unique location where uh, the land formations were favoring me. What area did you choose? So I chose a spot. There's there's an outcrop of rock. I want to say, like, um, it's... So if we are, just imagine a map, right, where White Run is sitting, there's a chain of 
mountains to the north of White Run. So you know you're heading north, and you'd pass um, Silent Moon's camp. Yep. And it would take you up through this valley, like through oh, yeah, Labyrinthian yeah. Yep. and all that stuff. Yep. Well, when you get to imagine going to Silent Moon's camp, but instead of going up through the valley, you take a hard left and you head down along the mountain chain. Oh, okay. Okay. So you head down along the mountain chain. You'll eventually come to a small uh, kind of a pond. And then there's this big outcrop of rock, a big point of rock that sticks up out of the ground, out of the hillside quite a ways. And it's a fairly high location. And when you stand on top of that outcropping of rock, from there you can see Silent Moon's camp. You can see uh, Fort Grey Watch. You can see the Western Watchtower. Oh, nice location. And you can, you can see White Run from there. How f- it sounds like it wouldn't be that far from, uh, I don't remember, that, that graveyard. Yes, you know you know where it is if, where the headless horseman goes to. Yeah, go to Dustman's Cairn. Go to Dustman's oh, okay. Cairn. It's right by Dustman's Cairn. So what I did is I I wanted to try and challenge myself to take a unique land formation that was naturally defensible and try to use tundra defense to build a really sort of a cool and realistic fortification around it. So and here we uh, we now have some of Stuart's interest in battle tactics from. People such as Hannibal, I believe. Oh, God, I loved Hannibal. Yeah, <laughs> coming into the game of Skyrim. Oh my gosh, nice. Uh, yeah, use your use your surroundings. I know. Like, yeah, when I was in junior high school, I found a a book. It was historical fiction on Hannibal, and that I guy was a genius. I read it five yeah, or six times over. It, it's just incredible. So anyway, we kind of I got this set up right. So I used uh, I used all the the parts I could and, and kind of just kept adding on to it as I went. And uh, I built this really nice wooden palisade with a huge gate and all kinds of defense towers. And then uh, I built a barracks and an office space and all this stuff where I could, it was kind of a command center. Nice. And then from that location, I could um, use funds to bring on soldiers. Right. Okay. So in Tundra Defense, when you bring on soldiers, you can bring them on as um Stationary guards as um, perimeter patrol or interior patrol. And this sounds like a really nice mod. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. So what I did is I brought in a bunch of um, stationary guards, and I placed them you know, on the outcrop of rock. I, I had, I've built uh, two or three uh, sizable watchtowers that I've got completely manned, and then I've got a patrol of four or five soldiers that— are constantly doing a circuit inside the walls. Nice. Then outside the walls, I've set up a perimeter. And what you do is you put down markers like compass points, one, two, three, four, in in the pattern that you want them to march. And they'll march from marker to marker to marker. Nice. And they'll do a circuit, right? That's fantastic. So then I've got exterior patrol. So the, the cool thing about this then is there's a neat option where you can upgrade your armory. And what it allows you to do is you can go around and individually change the gear of each soldier or you can upgrade the armory further, and it gives you a chest, and you just drop the gear into the chest, and then all your soldiers take on that gear, whatever oh, you put in, right? Uh, very nice. So I outfitted every soldier in heavy imperial armor, yeah, all nice. the same, all matching bows and stuff. Perfect. And they all have the standard medium helmet on, but my followers have the officer's helmet on. Oh, and cool. then Shalot wears the full-faced helm with the comb on top. Oh, nice. And so now I've got my full army, right? And so then what I did is I took Great my... Great use of the mod. I know, right? right? Great yeah. use. Uh-huh. So then I, I took um, Soku's guild starter, 
and I, okay. dro- I dropped my marker right inside the walls, and then um, I started recruiting people to the guild marker. And then when they came to the guild marker, I individually outfitted them as scouts. So Very cool. um, set them up in kind of a, a lighter type of an armor. Right, no more mo- mobile. More mobile armor, kind of like rangers and scouts. And so they're the ones who are going out on missions, and they're going on goodwill missions, and they're bringing back treasure. Oh, and yeah, doing yeah, all these yeah. Things, Perfect. Right? Yeah. So that basically that's kind of how I put things together. Cool. And then my followers, through amazing follower tweaks, I've got them all on horses. So all of my immediate followers serve as cavalry. And then what I did is once I got that set up, man, I started hitting the raids and the bandits came and it was raid after raid after raid. The hillside would be on fire, battle going on everywhere. Uh, It was just, it was really amazing. And I, I set up outposts along the road leading to Dustman's Cairn so that I, I have um, some, some barricades set up down there and I have sentries that are, that are kind of manning. Uh, a point down there, like a checkpoint, so they're 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 checking people as they come up the road. Oh, cool, and it, it's been it's been really amazing. Now, the issue I'm having at this point is if Shulat is my is the character who is going to be my harbinger candidate. Now, I'm thinking through all the possibilities of what is going to be the turning point in this in this oh, character's yeah. life right. that is going to take him away from the emperor's anvil and push him towards the companions. Yeah, because they're right? a lot more Stormcloak-centric. Well, not even well, that maybe so Maybe not much. a lot, but well, what, sympathetic. What they are, to me, is they're the antithesis of the type of warrior that Shulat is. Ah. They, they have a giant clubhouse where they sit around <laughs> and they drink and they party. I like the companions. Right? <laughs> and, and then if somebody hires them, They'll go out and and do some yeah, fighting. A, he he looks honor like bound, but they're a lot less structured. Right they they claim to be they claim to be um, they claim to be about honor in combat, but they're very very loosely structured, and that's right. the opposite of what Shulat is yeah, about. Yeah, he's highly structured right, right now. So what I decided to do is rather than trying to rush this decision, I put Shulat on hold while I think this through. Well, too, and and to. To speak some of the earlier points mm-hmm. uh, from previous podcasts is uh, there may very well be something in game that helps steer you. There, there may be, and um, and and you won't know that until yeah. you come across it. Well, one thought I had too is, and, and I'm and I'm leaning more and more toward this is that in good stories, usually what happens is, you know, you're you're setting up a situation right where the character thinks he knows what he wants. Right. And he pursues whatever that thing is. And what it what it ends up doing is not turning out like they want and forcing an even greater change. Right. right? And and I think that that's what makes a good story is is character change in in ever more severe situations. Right. So really, it it sounds kind of like you're you're rapidly approaching the second act. I think so because where I things I, yeah. things take a, a an unexpected yeah. yes uh, tragic turn if, if for lack right. of a better term he he's had a tragic turn already right his oh his, yeah with the, the losing of his yep. company yep he lost his first company now he's come back from that 
He's got he's built this thing up. He feels like he's made up for that mistake. Right. And I feel like what we're doing now is we're upping the ante. And it's for for him to go from a situation where he is completely devoted to the Imperials into the Emperor to say, Okay, I'm gonna back off this and I'm gonna go this other route. There's got to be some huge monumental thing that's going to happen to make him have that kind of a shift, in my view. So, Right. So I'm trying to set up a situation where that'll make sense for me, yeah. cool. and I don't want to force the issue. That's, so. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Let it happen. It, yep. I mean, I it will. Say, it sounds like it's going to happen. Yeah. 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 One of the things I ha- I've been toying around with is the idea of just getting him out there on the battlefield and then having, you know, just basically... Setting up, um, setting up tundra defense so that I'm, I'm getting wave after wave of the most difficult crushing attacks from bandits, and see how that ends up. You know, to me that oh, yeah. you know, can you lose your guards and and your oh people? yeah, yeah. Oh, so if you if you lose yep. enough of them, yep, that might that might yep. stir you one way or another. Yeah, yep. When there's an attack, I I have soldiers die all the time, and I've got. Uh, on the hillside, out on the hillside outside, uh, the emperor's anvil. Oh, are anvil, you burying them? There's a bunch of gravestones. Oh, nice! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. And that's, and that's I mean, very cool. Yeah. What if you have a situation where you know, once again, it happens again, but on a much larger scale? What does the weight of all that responsibility do? Right. And so and, who knows? and just as a reference, when you're burying, when you're creating the tombstones, that's yeah. clean up your corpses. Clean up your corpses. It's, it's a mod yeah. that allows you to bury or or bring dead to a funeral pyre. It depends on yeah. the options. It's, yeah. it's actually, right. it's got a, a menu yeah. that where you can choose a lot of different right. options. It also allows you to do some pretty sick things. It does. So, really? Oh, yeah. Which I haven't, yeah. yeah, food for thought. There there are, yeah, I know. I'm, well, I'm <laughs> thinking my, about your character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, it's. She may, she may turn dark, darker. Right. But, yeah. Um, and just as a, a general note, we don't usually I mean, we're not about reviewing mods. No. But we do use mods, and I guess when we go into depth about them like you did with yeah. uh, Tundra Defenses, yeah. it's because it's adding it's, – it's how we use them to add our story. Right. There's a lot of mod reviews out there, right. a lot of really good ones. Right. Um, so we're not going to get into the skinny of that, but mm-hmm. – uh, no, but if you're playing the vanilla game and you don't know where the improvements can come in, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the the world of everything that's out on Nexus is humongous. How would you know where to start unless someone said this really worked for me? This really improved my well, story. Well, yeah, and that's kind of where we're at. We're you know, because this, I wouldn't. This is what we use, and this like is that. how we use it. And you know, whether it's conventional or not, I mean, right. your use of Tundra Defense is somewhat unconventional. Mm-hmm. Considering yeah. how, in general, most people seem to use it, so yeah, and I can't I even mean, tell you since experimenting with this mod and seeing what it's capable of, I, I can't even tell you all of the interesting and twisted ideas I've got for how to use this. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's so really I look forward amazing. to hearing more about them. Interesting yeah. and twisted. It is, it is really so, amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, we we do use the mods a lot uh, for a variety of reasons and. Almost mm-hmm. every single one of them is to improve our gameplay, correct? Uh, uh, <laughs> as a story, you know, as the mm-hmm. story re- is related. Yep, absolutely. Well, um, I plan on talking about this mod actually a little bit more in oh, our cool. play theory segment, among other things. Yeah, sounds so, really good. Yeah, in a play theory segment tonight, we're going to be talking about building your own side quest. So stick around.
So in tonight's play theory segment, uh, we're talking about creating your own side quest. And when we talk about creating your own side quest, we're not talking about going into Creation Kit and actually making a quest. We're talking about the simple act of looking at some of the things that the game presents to you and putting together your own impromptu missions. And this is a great sort of discussion to have, especially on the heels of our last episode when we talked about you know, traveling with intent, right? Where you're... Oh, yeah, right. This kind of plays into that a little bit. For sure. It helps to reinforce that. Yeah. Um, So let me me start the discussion by giving you an example. So I had uh, a character, I'm thinking now, uh, what character was this? Uh, This was a warrior, uh, Sagramore. Oh, Sagramore. Sagramore, yes. And... I like him. Yeah, Sagramore is, is... is uh, depicted quite heavily on the website. In fact, he was the the cover shot for quite a long time. But he's a Nord warrior. And uh, so one of the things that that kind of happened was uh, in playing him, I maxed out my smithing skill. And I decided... You know, I'm thinking. Okay, I, I was actually really enjoying smithing, and <laughs> and I and I wasn't. I you know. How many legendaries can you go? I know, right? <laughs> and and so what I have since discovered is the the beautiful mod um, Ellie's Uncapper, which I use religiously now. Oh, okay. Which takes the level cap off skills. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, but prior to that, I was using uh, just you know kind of the the standard. Uh, vanilla skill progression you could where right. you can go to legendary right right so i had i had gotten his uh smithing skill up to level 100 and at that point i i mean he's a warrior he, I, I was still needing to build things still trying things out and stuff like that so i'm doing all this smithing i'm Ooh. gathering all this gear and i'm not getting any credit right because you i mean you know? you're up to like 105 110 yeah and for yeah. n- nothing, I mean, really, yeah. at that point. And what was happening with me is I was investing a lot of time in smithing, but I was ever, I, I was never, I was never going beyond one hundred and one. It was just stop there, no oh, further okay, progression. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I see. I've I've had characters where, uh, like in sneak, I've gotten up to, huh. I don't know, one hundred and five, hundred and eight, or something. because I, I was, wasn't paying attention, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> I was never able to do that. I'm getting so here. good, I didn't so, even know it. Yeah. I'm so stealthy. I can't even hear. <laughs> I can't hear myself. <laughs> Am I talking too loud right now? <laughs> I can't hear myself. Sorry. <laughs> but so then I thought, okay, well, you know, um, maybe maybe I can go legendary on smithing. And so one of the options that you have in Skyrim is is when you take a skill all the way up to level 100, you can switch it over to legendary. And when you do that, uh, it you, all of the perk points that you spent in that skill are basically given back to you in a pool. Ooh. And then the the skill level on that skill drops to 15. It's like starting over. It's like starting over from scratch. And... One of the things that's always bugged me about that is it, it just, from a role-playing sense, it's kind of, eh, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why why is it that I can create all this advanced gear and now suddenly drop back? You know, I'm at, I'm at 15 again. 
So what I did is I forgot I, how to do a steel dagger. Yeah, I know. What happened? Yeah, I I made a whole suit of Daedric armor, and now I can't make a steel dagger. You know, it's so it's so lame. Well, you know, a swift bash to the head with a mace will do that to you. I guess. Well, and, and, along with a few other things. Yeah. So there needs to be an anti-amnesia mod. Yeah. So for me, it was about coming up with some kind of a some kind of a a way to explain what was happening. So okay. uh, I created a little side quest where I said, okay, I'm going to reset it to legendary. And to me, what this is going to be is Sagramor has, has basically decided that he is going to take the craft to a new level. And, and one thing to understand about Sagramor is he's a devout worshiper. Um, Hermaeus Mora, of Herma- it? Yes, Hermaeus Mora. And he has a God, whole... God, that's a creepy place. I know, right? Yeah. It, oh, it, just it, wait, Matt. The, I the have realm no idea what you're talking about. Hermaeus oh, Mora. Oh, just wait. Okay. Yeah. Um, Should I avoid be, it like the plague? You won't be able to, but it'll be okay. a while. All yeah, right. don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about the thing. No, I hate that place. Worry. You're doing oh, a little God, man crying right now. It. I don't know what's going on. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I love Hermes. Whenever more, anybody but. says, don't worry mm-hmm. about it, my first thought is, hmm, I think mm-hmm. I better go there right now. No, you don't want to go to Apocrypha right now. As Not a level yet. three? No. Come on. I wouldn't recommend it. What could no. go wrong? The lurkers will eat you. Everything. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything will go badly. Can you exactly. imagine, though? I would have like three hours of stuff to talk about next time if I went. <laughs> oh, my god! No, you wouldn't because you'd die like within... Well then, but there's got to be a sort of world record the number of times you died, right? And then I died again, (laughs) and then I fell into the acid, and 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 I died, and and then I got bitch slapped by a tentacle and died. (laughs) I mean, it's like one. And then a lurker came up, and 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 I died. He ate my head off. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, no, you yeah, no, (laughs) you can't even get there until you get to Solstheim anyway. So yeah, no, exactly. But Apocrypha's awesome. Apocrypha's awesome, and it and it it. It kind of played into my story pretty well because, you know, he, Hermaeus Mora is the purveyor and hoarder of knowledge, right? I mean, he, he's mm-hmm. he's all about acquiring knowledge. That's that's kind of it's what he gets it out off of on, on that. Right? Uh, there's, yeah. there's the trick, exactly. So the way I played this was that um, he is trying to take this skill to a new level. So. Uh, I set it to legendary, and then the first thing I did was embark on that that whole quest where you return the lexicon and you acquire the perk Ancient Knowledge, which gives you a 20 or 25% bonus on smithing. Are you familiar with that one? It's it's a quest that you pick up um, on the pier in Riften from a crazy Argonian who gives you uh, a Dwemer lexicon. And she tells you to return it to where she got it from because she can't bear to go back. Hmm. Oh, I know I've done that, but yeah. God, it's been so long. Right. I don't remember anything about yeah. it. Right. So from his I perspective, really I mean, the, the the whole thing was sort of like, okay, ancient knowledge. We're going to acquire this knowledge. This is what Hermaeus Mora would want us to do, right? It's It's doing this whole thing, right? And it starts with ancient knowledge. So I went and did that quest. And um, I did it with intent, right? So I said, I'm going to do this thing. I've got, I've got the lexicon in my inventory. Um, I'm going to do some research on where this location is I need to go. I packed up my gear to prepare for a long slog through a Dwemer ruin in underground. And then I went and did that mission. And then at the end, I acquired this bonus, Ancient Knowledge. So the way that I played that is, okay, 
I've read and understood the, stood the lexicon, and now my I've I've been infused with a completely new understanding of how the craft of smithing can be done based on how the ancient Dwemer did it. I've suddenly got this gift that I didn't have before, okay. right? And right. then at that point, I said, now I'm going to take ancient knowledge. I'm still only level 15 now in smithing, right. but I've acquired, right. I've acquired this new knowledge that's going to help me grow beyond, right? And then I just did a tour of Skyrim uh, on horseback and hit, hit every single blacksmith in, yeah, you've in all you've, of Skyrim. We've talked about in a this giant loop, offhand, uh, you know, or uh, yeah. off off air or whatever. Yeah. We've talked about this, and yeah. uh, I still have yet to do that. Just because I don't, on, for me, I don't have the patience to go tour and find every <laughs> oh. smithing. It's hard because they're all over. And can you leave markers? And stuff? but well, I, I mean, you know where they are. It's just. Well, well, you know where they are. What I did is, see, I, I acquired ancient <laughs> knowledge, right? Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Fair I mean, enough. <laughs> ignorance is bliss. Hey, yeah, um, I just attempted to try to go as, into the worst part of the world. As an ignorant person, that's not true. Three, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> what I like to say is, ignorance is this. <laughs> I, I'm thumb pointing at myself oh, when yeah. I say that. But, uh, oh, yeah. So, you yeah, know. But that's uh, a great yeah. way to, to, to not only right. just gather skills in a certain, you know, whether yeah. it's smithing or alchemy or, or, or mm-hmm. archery, whatever, yeah. uh, it's, it's a great way to experience and yeah. gather skills in a whole wide range of stuff. Right. Well, you have to understand also that by the time I reset smithing, at that point, Sagramore was well on his way to level 60. Right. So by this point, um, you know, I had a home that was with chests in it that were laden with building materials, oh, right? with yeah. all the materials I needed. For sure. So I, I got, I completed that quest, went back to the house, and then I loaded up my horse as if it were a pack horse hmm. with all the materials I had. And then basically to simulate that this was a pack horse, I walked and had the horse follow me. And then I plotted a course that took me through every city in Skyrim and I visited every blacksmith along the way. Well, see, in this case, it makes a lot of yeah. sense because, you know, you've had this epiphany. Yep. And now you're going to go visit all of these yep. people to, 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 I don't know. Learn their to, secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I mean, build secrets. upon this new knowledge. Yes. So in this case, it makes complete sense to, to make that big circuit. You yep. almost wouldn't want to do anything else yep. if, you, if that was the biggest no, thing that because, happened to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've just acquired yep. this this. You know, godly mm-hmm. type of of you know yeah. touch of knowledge, yeah. and exactly now I need to go and see what everyone has to say, so I can use what yeah. they know. Yep, it, it exactly. to me it, it's it, it was sort of like the light bulb goes on, and now yeah. Yeah. now I'm able to see things in a and, new light. Maybe so. that was my problem, or, or still is. I just haven't reached a point in my game, my my role mm-hmm. play, where I haven't. Um, I haven't been able to weave that into the story yeah. so that it makes sense to do that. Yeah. Well, to me, creating that side quest was a reaction. It, it was, it, it well, was yeah, a reaction I, to solving no, a problem. It's, it's actually, perfect. Right? I had a role play yeah, problem. I don't have a need yeah. for that side quest right now. Exactly. But so anyway, the way that it turned out was I, I did the circuit. I started in Riften, and I went all the way around. Um, and until at the time, um, I had a player home that was uh, in the forest not far from Iverstad. 
So starting in Rifton, I went all the way around and ended up in Shorestone. That was the very last okay. Smith that I hit. And, and basically what I wanted to do was simulate him training. Not all of these Smiths are trainers. Right. So what I would do is I would go, I would go to their smithy and I would bring my materials in and I would, I would create items. I would just create items until I was out of materials and then I would hunt and I would buy and I would mine and load up the horse and go to the next destination and do it all over again. Hmm. And so it sounds plotting and it sounds tedious, but the adventures I had along the way were amazing because I was attacked by bandits and I oh, fought for sure. Forsworn and I fought dragons and all these things were happening. Ooh. And by the time I got back to my home, it was probably the equivalent of two weeks of travel in game. Wow. And I was back up to over level 80 in smithing at that right. point. And it, and it bought back most of my perks. Well, it, so. it, it plays well into mm-hmm. the need for all those adventures. I mean, you, you've exhausted your supply. Yeah. Yes. You need to go get more. Mm-hmm. And along the way, of course, you're going to hit pad people that don't want you right. to have more because yes. they want more. Yep. And you have more of what they want. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> so, and, you know, there were several times when I had to go well out of my way toward oh, the next sure. destination, not only to, to get out of harm's way, but to also take all the stuff that I had acquired to the nearest smelter so that I could mm-hmm. break it down into oh, yeah, components yeah. that I could use. Right. And, and th- not all the blacksmiths have a smelter near no, them. No, they do so not. So quite often I'd go off the weird, beaten but path and stuff like that <laughs> to find a smelter. So it was it was just a, a great I know uh, there's experience a, there's a, a, there's, so. there's at least one or one, uh, I'm sure there's several mods mm-hmm. that will add smelters to a variety of locations. Um, yeah. I do have one that just adds a single one to um, Solstein, or not Solstein, but uh, Solitude. Oh, that'd be nice. Uh, so that's incredibly useful, but... Uh, I know there's one, there's there's at least one. I can't remember the name of it that mm-hmm. adds it to several places where it just yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But you know that's neither yeah. here nor there. Yeah. Um, that adds to the adventure. I mean. Yeah. You know, here's a blacksmith. Maybe all he's doing is fixing horseshoes. Right. Why does he need a smelter? Yeah. I, I mean, know. Really. But <laughs> anyway, so th- that's what I'm talking about when I when I mean. What I'm what I'm saying, build your own side quest, right? So we're we're not doing game content uh, in terms of side quests that are presented to us. We're using the game to kind of create our own mission, and we carry it out. Right. And in some right. way, it's based on you know uh, whatever drives our character, right? So you have an end so goal. You have an, you, you yeah. have your you're out there. This is where mm-hmm. I want to go. Yep. And basically, you're you're building a way to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that that's based on the game. That's certainly one way to do smithing, it. If I need smithing, I'm gonna. I know there's a few mines along the way. I need mm-hmm. to go visit, and there's All gonna be them. bandits in the way. Yep. And there's mm-hmm. gonna be a point where I'm gonna have way too much ore, so I need to smelt it down. So now I gotta yep. go find one of those. Yep. And, and obviously, this is something that's a little bit easier to do once you um, understand a lot more about what's available in game. So yes, you can set up a situation where. You know, if you're feeling like you're you're if you're trying to create a character turning point, you can identify you can in, identify an individual in game who's across the map from you that right. that you can sort of target as the individual you have a beef with or, you know, something or someone like you that, need to learn right? something with. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's right. Calcimo. Yeah. 
Exactly. It could be something like that. You know, you're going to go find the old mage who knows X, Y, Z about right. you know, you know right. whatever it is. Or alchemy. But, I need a certain ingredient. Uh, I need crimson nern root. Yes. Well, I can tell you there's only one place you'll find that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a deep, dark, dangerous place, but you'll find it. So. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's mm-hmm. that's that's very cool. It's a good way to mm-hmm. um, deal with a, a otherwise a, a somewhat of a hindrance in in the game. Yes. Right, and it and it also plays into this concept we talked about in episode five of weakness and limitation. Right, where uh, you you have a particular thing that that is a hook for your character or an item of interest for your character, mm-hmm. and you can identify. Uh, something in game that would resonate with that character and then go after it as if it were a mission or string some things together in Skyrim that makes sense. You know, stuff like that. Right, right. So Now, as a as a beginning player, any kind of thoughts? I mean, we're... Well, understanding where you can even go is really challenging, right? Because you don't know what the capabilities are. I mean, in the beginning, I would not have even known that I needed to go off and start gathering stuff and getting wolf pelts and doing all that stuff before I could even start doing any leather work or anything else, right? So it takes a while to understand that once Mm -hmm. you get up a certain skill level, that even if you can get some, you know, amazing status with it and then drop it down, you've learned everything along the way, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. In the journey, you know more about what the next possibility is just because you've you've wandered through it right you know and i think that that you find that if you drive somewhere right even if you get vaguely familiar with an area you know what's there you know what you're going to run into while you're there in this kind of case because you're walking right riding a horse or in the back of a cart right it's going by at a pace where you can stop yep and learn and in a case where you're going to travel the entirety of skyrim and visit every smithing outfit right i mean yep Mm -hmm. You're interacting yep. with everybody in every town. Right. Yep. You know. And you're only going to do that, as you've alluded to, mm-hmm. if you know the area. Yeah, because right you're, now You're not going to go visit myself, a smith you right? don't know exists. Yeah. 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 Because what, so. cause what point does it make for me to say, oh, hey, I visited everybody, right? That's like yep. calling people randomly from <laughs> just dialing your phone, right? It doesn't, it yeah. doesn't give you anything. Because <laughs> no, at the end right. of the day, you've got, yeah. you've got to get something out of the journey here. Right. Yep. And that's where I think it's really cool, because if you look at what I don't know now. Mm-hmm. You guys have probably forgotten way more than I think is, a, is an amazing amount of knowledge. Right? That's completely no, no, ridiculous. Actually, no, this is great, though, because of where you're at. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's a great reminder of, of some of those things that we may have forgotten about. Yeah, exactly. You know, or, or, take it, or, or, or assumed or taken advantage. You know, <laughs> yeah, just right? take it for granted. Or, uh-huh. No, yeah. I, it's it's awesome. I, I really enjoy having having your perspective yeah. as a as a beginning player. And that's why every new thing that I see, you know, you uh, slay a bandit or you kill an animal, you don't know what pieces of that. Oh yeah, you need to collect, yeah. so you get all of it. You right. get all of it, or yep. Uh, you sneak up on everyone because you don't know if you should trust <laughs> yeah. them or you yeah. shoot someone with a bow that you actually needed to talk to <laughs> yeah. because yeah. you assumed they oh were my bad. God. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, God, I can't tell how many mistakes I made like that. Shit balls. It's like, oh, there's a person <laughs> up ahead. <laughs> yeah. Kill, kill. I'm going to shoot him with my bow. I'm going to practice yeah. from this far away. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Be- well, think turns about out this, you need though. Them. <laughs> think about this. The The... the the side side quest, if we want to give it a name. Mm-hmm. It's not a Skyrim side quest. It's our own side side quest. Yeah. 
So it's a matter of scale. And maybe when you're a new player, you bring the scale down and you link it to your, to your role-playing ideas. So you say something like, my character has a daddy complex, right? Dad w- hated my guts. He thought I was good for nothing. And he always used to say to me, you're a worthless piece of crap, you know, and, and you know, you'll never, you'll never amount to anything. So my side quest is, on some psychological level, I'm going to try to prove him wrong. wrong. And uh, to do that... I'm creating a tiny mission for myself where at level five, I'm going to kill a mammoth. I'm going to find a way, oh, and yeah. I'm going to kill I, right. a mammoth. Something just ridiculous. By something, the way, I heard about that. Something well. hard. Yeah, they, something they, hard. Right? Like you can take them down, golf. but if they hit you once or twice, game over. Yeah. yeah. Well, think about it. Especially at though. that level. Think about it. Right. So you're you're say a level five character, and you want to bring down a mammoth to prove. That you can do this, right? You're a man. That, that you're not Mammoth. that you're not a piece you're, of crap. I'm a right? man. My daddy was wrong. <laughs> but but think of the fun position that puts you in, oh, right? For sure. So now you're in White Run. You know where the creatures are, and and now you've got an opportunity, right? You can go out and watch them. You can observe. You can learn things about their habitat and how they right. operate and about giants. And well, then, yeah, because right? not long yeah. behind them are giants. <laughs> exactly. And they will send you in the sky, literally. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so then you go back to Whiterun and you say, okay, I'm going to get the best bow I can and I'm going to make like a thousand arrows and I'm going to make some poison and a bunch of stamina potions yeah. so I can I can run Last. like crazy when, when, when that giant comes mm-hmm. after my ass with well, that big-ass bone club. Exactly. But I love this idea because you, you go out there and you don't just go out there and start plucking away at the thing. You look no, at the lay you, of the land and you say, reason. how can I be yeah. smart? How can I draw yeah. this creature into a situation that is to my advantage? And then you work your plan. And you're well, going to plan your yeah. way to do it because you're going to prove daddy wrong. Exactly. Right? And that's where having an objective yes. and right. really a psychological profile that yep. says I have a reason to do this other than, oh, I'm going to level up. Well, not to not yeah. to mention, I mean, outside of that, it, it is very possible that maybe mm-hmm. you've got the, the character who doesn't think ahead. Yep. He just runs headlong into it because he's got a point to prove. That's I mean, true, like too. I mean, that's, that's very possible. Yeah. He might get brought to an inch of his life and then realize mm-hmm. he'd better get the hell out of there. <laughs> what was yeah. I thinking? You know, I mean, there, yeah. there's that option, too. Or think of the role play possibilities if... Like you're saying, but you learn. It's a it's a type of character, the character right? Who learns. A, he's a dumb yeah. kid. He goes out and he starts this thing, and then, you know, he he uh, realizes he's in way too deep, way over his head, and he runs back to town. And who's on his tail? But two dragons and two mammoths, or two two two, two uh, giants, two giants and two mammoths, and he gets back to town, right? And then, you know, even though the game doesn't punish you for a stupid action like that. No, the guards will, will come to your rescue yeah. if if you get them close enough. You can oh, really? you yeah. can you can punish yourself in a role playing sense because you you put the whole town in jeopardy. Birch branches, right? Yeah, <laughs> a little self flagellation, right? <laughs> yes, a little. So yeah, you, you know that that's when you take the opportunity to say, okay, what does this mean from a role play sense? Yeah, how do right, I, right. And then where, how do, where, I not how do you do play it, it up? Again? Where do you go from yeah. there? Right. What did you learn? It's about writing yeah, the next chapter learn? in some or ways. Or do you go back so, out yeah. and, yeah. and maybe probably die this time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yep. So, or get out there within an inch of your life and do it again and realize right. two times equally stupid. Now time to go improve See, on See, again, to your point, the game will let you do that. But as, mm-hmm. a, as a role play standpoint, 
Do you mm-hmm. let your character do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, have you uh, done anything in your games that you would sort of characterize as a side-side quest uh, with some of your characters like this? Oh, let me... I'm sure I have. You know what? Think. One comes to mind is with Grimal, when you started recruiting orcs. Oh, yeah. That was my... That's a... Gosh. T- talk to us about this a little bit. I, I thought this was intriguing. Now, if you remember, we, we had talked about Grimal in yeah, a previous absolutely. episode. Grimal's one of my favorites. He's actually, uh, I don't know if he's my first character, but he's he's definitely one of the first yeah. within the top three. Yeah, and he's the one who has sort of ha- had this mania about about orcish weapons, weapons. being yes. only for orcs and certain yep. people having to. No one else can have them have to deserve to use them. Yes, right? yes. And it was sort of a cultural thing. So how, Correct. you played this out as a side quest in other ways, though. How did you do that? I did, yeah. I uh, Well, obviously, yeah, I collected anything I found that was orcish and brought it back to... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is a mod. It's called Adal Matar or, or Adal mm-hmm. Matar. I'm not sure. How I think exactly. it's Adal Matar. It's a quest mod, A-D-L, A-D-A-L. Yes. M-A-T-A-R. Yes. Um, it's made by a modder named Mad Frenchie who does three yeah, or four it's, it's a, it's a of wonderful these mod quest mods. And, and yeah. he's, a, he's a quality modder. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a player home, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's more than that. What it does is it builds a stronghold. Okay. Uh, there's an orc stronghold and a small quest that goes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's a quest, but it's 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 more than just discovering Right, the stronghold. There's, there's, there's something to it. It's kind of fun. You have to kind of go through a little story. Yeah, it's, you... it's, it's a story. It's not okay. necessarily a quest, but there's a storyline to it. And okay. and so you get this this stronghold, and so I got this thing, and great. There was uh, one or two NPCs that came with it. Okay. And so, you know, this is now my stronghold, and this is where I started to put all my my orc weapons and armor and orc items that I found yep. from other people. And so as the person that is now, you know, the chieftain of this stronghold, you're really not much of a chieftain if there's only two people there in a building, mm-hmm. you know, or, or a couple buildings. I mean, so what? Right. <laughs> you know, great. I discovered this ghost town. <laughs> I'm the ruler of this ghost town. There will be no one before me. Yeah. So uh, the tenpenny king. So to your point on the on the, the personal side quest, uh, I took it upon myself using amazing follower tweaks was to go out. And as I adventured and came across uh, orcs that I thought were worthy or or had something to offer, mm-hmm. you know, they they struck a chord with me more right. or less. Yeah, I would use amazing follower tweaks, tweaks, and I would uh, make them follow me and bring them back to my stronghold. And I slowly started to populate my stronghold with orcs because when I got to this stronghold, I would tell them to hang out. You know, right? I would dis- basically, I would use an amazing follower tweaks. I dismiss them. So you dismiss, but hang out here. Correct. Is the option, I think. Is so called. I had a whole pile of these orcs, including some from um, uh, Worm's Tooth. Oh, okay. From the the from that expansion. Yeah, from it's yeah, it's, it's, it's like essentially a DLC. Yep. But uh, from the mod uh, Worm's Tooth, mm-hmm. uh, there was at least one of the orcs. I don't remember yeah. his name. 
but I recruited him via Amazing Follow Tweaks, brought him back to mm-hmm. to Skyrim, <clears throat> dismissed him in in uh, my stronghold, and mm-hmm. I did that with a number of orcs. So, how how many orcs do you think you you had like populating your stronghold then? When you oh, were- at that point, I think. Well, I think the. And I'll have to look for sure, but I believe the the mod defaulted to no more than two. One, maybe two, but at mm-hmm. least one orc. And the last playthrough on that game, I think I probably had at least eight to ten. Okay. So I had a fair number of orcs. Roaming around outside and your a own few little inside. private hoard. It's my li- my <laughs> own little stronghold. Yeah, and, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so I when I that. when I found an orc that I thought would be a good fit for my stronghold, I would mm-hmm. I would uh, conscript them and yeah, it, bring it, them back. It's almost like it, it's almost like Grimal has this sort of zealous approach when it comes to just you know, orc civilization and culture and stuff like that. Like he's right. He, like he's dedicated himself Absolutely. to building the bigger and better tribe and he's handpicking who he Everybody. thinks are the best people and he's inviting them back. Oh right? yeah, for sure. Um, to the homeland. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. Um, from Smiths to anyone and everyone. Uh huh. That's yeah. really cool. And yeah, that's all that was there. There were no other races there were only orcs that I brought back. I just think that's really cool, though. I, so. I, and it's not actually; it's not that different, uh, you know, than what I was doing with. No, the it's just Anvil. a different uh, you know, means of doing so. I didn't exactly. I, at that point. I did not have guild starter, mm-hmm. so I, I didn't have the advantage of leveraging right. some of the the easier ways of doing it. Well, an amazing follower tweaks allows you to have many, many, many followers. Yeah, there is a cap to it. I don't know what it is, yeah. but it's it's a lot. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Certainly enough to do what you were doing. It was a, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. It was it was fun to, cool. to come back and uh, yep. you know, I, like I said, I, I brought in a Smiths and I mm-hmm. dropped her off up at the smithing station and that's where mm-hmm. she stayed and yep. So it was a lot of fun. Um, cool. The game got a little kludgy on me towards the end, so I don't know if I'd be able to pick it up because right. Um, I don't know what happened. I just got. I, I don't. I don't think it got corrupted. But it just started to get a little flaky. So, yeah. unfortunately, I don't know if I if I picked them up, I'd have to probably go way back and uh-huh. and and start. Yeah, that some stuff all overloaded over, with characters. Yeah, sometimes you're well, possibly your, your yeah. save game gets gummed up after a while too. Sometimes, well, especially if, if you start getting into a you know a heavily modded game, which mm-hmm. uh, at that point I was starting to really include yeah. a lot of mods without yep. doing a lot of research and and knowing entirely mm-hmm. what I was doing. Yep. So, chances are I. Probably did a few things wrong, and yep, you know, it happens. Well, that's a little bit. That's that's a, an example of a side, but, side quest. Yeah, that no, I think it fits great with re- what we're talking about. Enforces your character's personality yeah, and this yeah. whole um, the weaknesses and limitations that you outline for your character, right. which is this sort of uh, xenophobic case, uh, attitude towards a lot of the other races and right. this right. kind of uh, you know. Orcs need to stick with orcs. Yeah, kind yeah. Of a he was a attitude. A, so a, a strict believer good. and and follower mm-hmm. of uh, Morag Ball. <clears throat> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially after. Well, that that really started uh, during the one quest 
And uh, what stronghold is it with the uh, the unworthy chieftain? Oh yeah, um, I I forget. But you got to go get the mayor yeah. or the the big club yeah. or whatever the hell it was. I think the chiefs Yamars, something like something that. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So you his 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 uh, that character's uh, zeal really started at that point, right? Because you know he had this this deity of the orcs, not just deity, but specifically uh, an orc deity. Oh, you're talking about Malakath. You know? Oh, Malakath, not Malak Ball. Yeah, Malakath. Uh, Malakath is is the Malakath. God, okay. It, it's been a long time since well, I played the character. If obviously, you're, if, but you're playing, yes, if you're playing, yes, if you're playing an orcish character and you go through that side quest, and you you have uh, the deity who is traditionally the you know. The, the deity of the orcs actually speaks to you during that quest. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. That That is a huge mover, I so think, that, for a character. That was so a that big a turning point, and I, yeah, I feel completely idiotic for... <laughs> butchering for, the name. For, well, not just butchering, but completely getting the wrong deity. Yeah. Not like Ball is completely different. Yeah, I was thinking, were you a vampire? Or yeah, what? no, <laughs> no. That, you know? No, that yeah. was... Actually, I think he was. Was he? At the end, I think he was. Was he? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. He didn't get his healing potion. I guess not. No, no, he didn't. Well, that was still when I was mm-hmm. I was kind of doing a lot of, you know, feeling out of the game. Right, right. And when I ran into Serana and Oh, yeah, that. that's right. Because yeah. you, you palled around with Serana for quite yeah, a while. So yeah, I kind of had the hots for Serana. part of that whole vampire quest yeah. line thing. So. I actually okay. think that character, I think he actually married her. I think you're right. I'm pretty sure you were sending me uh, text messages. Love texts. <laughs> Love texts about uh, Serana. Yeah, she's kind of hot. But, Dang, she's hot. Um, <laughs> that's that's shortly so... after I discovered the marryable Serana mod. Oh, okay. <laughs> Otherwise, you can't marry her. It's all explained There are mods now. for marrying people. Uh, yeah, because some characters. There are mods for everything. Well, some characters you cannot marry, so people have found ways around that. Okay. Yeah. Mar- marriage is a part of the game standard, but there are some characters that are not marriage eligible, I guess. Correct. Okay. So, you know, I always took that as they just Now, that's completely had bad dowries. That's really like that out or, of character for that. <laughs> that's that's out of character for that particular yeah. person, you know, yeah. character. Yeah. But uh right. At the time I was kind of feeling out yeah. some of the mechanics and the sure. and, and the characters um and totally understandable. So, but yeah, well, no, I, as far as going out yeah. and then recruiting orcs, yeah, that was kind of a side quest of his. I mean, yeah. he wasn't active in it, mm-hmm. but it was always an option. But it was something that you could if you wanted to. And uh, yeah, you know, like I say, it was an option right. that he you know, was always had in the back of his mind to yeah. do. The, the other thing that's intriguing to me about that is, is you could take something like that to the next level, right? And say, I've created my stronghold and I've handpicked these orcs who I, I think are worthy to live here. And maybe the next step is we, uh, as a tribe, are above and beyond in terms of the, the other orc tribes. We are, we're better. We're better oh, in every yeah. way. Time so to start assuming the other tribes. Let's start. Let's make let, a nation. Let's yeah. start waging war, right? Let's, so, you, you know, you saddle up with, uh, you know, your followers. Yep. And you go along to the nearest orc stronghold, and you go in there and say, okay, who's interested, who's not? This is your choice. You either come with us or you die. 
And then <laughs> what, what, what happens? I mean, what, what happens well, if you take right. all your followers and attack another orc stronghold and basically annex it? You know? Yeah, that's... Why not? I mean... Why not? You could do that, yeah. Yeah, you could. You know? I think it would be a lot more interesting to come to a um, diplomatic and bring them in as an ally. Mm-hmm. You, you can know? do that, too. Okay, so you've got your own nations, mm-hmm. but, I mean, your own tribes, but you're all one nation. Sure. So... That I don't know how you, interesting. I don't know how you would do that mechanic. I don't know how you do that yeah. mechanically in the game, but well, imagine, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Imagine this. Imagine this. Right, you're you're looking at yourself as kind of the the orc overlord, right? You're you're right. the you're the guy who's going to come back and and save the race and make make the orcs respectable. So automatically. And you know, more than likely, you're probably the dragonborn too, right? So you you view yourself as being sort of this chosen one. So you march into that orc stronghold, and you make them allies by throwing down the guild starter marker. And you recruit them all as guild members, you send them out on missions, and then you come back every once in a while, and you collect all their money as a tithe <laughs> that they're paying to you right, for, right. for being part of this group or for protection That's a or great whatever use it is. Of that. Right? Great use. Do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why and not? then at some point... Uh, you can play it off as okay. Mm-hmm. Now they're loyal. You yep. pick up your marker and you go to the next one. Yes. Now another option also would be using something like Tundra Defense. You can use Tundra Defense to create your stronghold, but not only that, you can populate it with guards. And then once you populate it with guards, you can go in and select the race you want them to be. Sure. So you oh, could select them all nice. orcs. You could outfit them in all orcish gear. And and this you is could kind of a really nice mod. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> it's pretty amazing. So I can think fan of fanboy too much, but that sounds yeah. like a really Absolutely. nice mod. <laughs> well, here's another one I want to lay on you, and I've um, I've toyed around with this a little bit, and I I sent you a kind of a cryptic text message a while back, uh, or an email or something, where I was talking about whether or not there was a way. Using using a console command to basically make an NPC character essentially defenseless, like a typical citizen, right? Okay. So yep. essentially, what you're doing is you're you're dialing down their courage, sure. so that when a, a fight happens, they do what any normal person would do, which is to run oh, or hide right. yeah, 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 or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Okay. Now, uh, yeah, I right. Yeah. So what I what I love about this idea is. You know, you you take a you you take a character who's a high level character who maybe has a couple of followers who's been around the block a few times and has a lot of experience, and you go someplace like Markarth, and you say, "My job is I'm going to take on two or three followers that are basically defenseless priests, and my job is to escort them all the way yeah, from this, Markarth oh, sure. to this, Riften." This right? was uh, and not lose anybody and not lose. Yeah, anybody. this yeah. this was. Specifically towards Hinto, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was. and and your i your your really hard with Hinto. Oh no 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 no! It was perfect though because uh, Stu's suggestion, which I think was brilliant, was to bring on a an interpreter. Oh, a scholar, so to speak, mm-hmm. someone that could read him books, mm-hmm. right, and teach him language, and this type of person is not an adventurer. Yeah, this yeah. is a scholar. It's so a scholar. this pertains to bringing that person down 
in that courage aspect. So Hinton has every inclination to keep oh, him sure. alive. You're recruiting Jack Ryan, and you know it. He's Shh. just an analyst. Shh. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> well, right, but I mean, it really it gives mm-hmm. a, a layer to the story that oh, you would for never sure, have gotten no, no, I, and, and that's right? a yeah. great because you're bringing along, yeah, because he's so focused on something else, but. Yeah. You know, maybe mm-hmm. runs into uh, runs into this person that mm-hmm. kind of opens his eyes to another avenue. Right. right but he, it seems to me that Hinto doesn't really want to be burdened with some of that stuff. Not incapable, but just that isn't really that important to me. You know, I'd rather focus right. on something else. No, no, you're, you're right. You're right. Right now, that is true. But that's not to say the story couldn't turn. Right. And yes. he could come across this, this NPC that you know changes his his perspective yes. and, and and his outlook. Yeah, the question is what does what does a character like Hinto aspire to and how can how can bringing on someone like this uh, a scholar to accompany him be, become not just a side quest but a a thing that that's informative to yeah. well, to who I mean, he becomes it's, right it's, so it's, it's, yeah, you know, it's of kind thing. of a weird comparison, but <laughs> if you think to the Princess Bride uh, uh, and the the Dread Pirate Roberts, right? You know, it could be kind of something similar. Mm-hmm. You know, likely I'll kill you tomorrow, but mm-hmm. but I yeah. need you know, you I I need you today. So right, right. Uh, or or think of this analogy too. It it could be uh, like Vikings. It could be like oh, the, the priest, the English priest. To the barbarian to Ragnar, Ragnar yeah. right? Where right. Mar- where Ragnar is like, I'm interested in your culture. I'm interested in it's your curiosity. Language. It's a curiosity, yeah. and I starts at least. And I'm I'm holding you essentially captive. Well, but you tell me everything. Well, well, you tell me everything, and you teach me your language, and and so forth. And I'm going to take on a certain amount of responsibility for your well being in exchange because you have stuff I want exactly to know. So if you did something like this. Right. With, with Hinto, what what I think would be cool to do then is you can craft side quests where where you have you know these missions you're going on, and now suddenly uh, Hinto is in a position where he has to protect this individual, but maybe for his own personal reasons, right. he's, he's kind of at this point where. I'm getting so much benefit out of this guy being right. with me. I can't stand the idea of not having him here. I didn't realize here, right? how much I didn't know. Yeah, there's so much I didn't know. And if I let him go or I let anything happen to him, um, I'm going to basically be shooting myself in the foot. I need to keep him alive. Right. But see, then, then there's your next twist in the story. When right. that person is lost, what do you do? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, why you keep him yep. alive. Yeah. But in the case that you don't, yes. then what? Well, the other thing, too, is that... You go on a mad rampage! <laughs> Maybe you do. <laughs> Hinto uh, in berserker mode. Uh, yeah. He'd be a good berserker, I think. Yeah. I think it's, I think he'd it's time... He'd die fast, but he'd be a good berserker. It's time for me to rush the White Run guards, you know, and just, <laughs> just do myself in. Yeah, Matt, guards are tough. Don't rush the guards. I've I've yeah. just found the chatting with the guards is plenty for right now. Okay, okay. ask That's, questions. It's a good ask, place to start. Talk is good. They always sort of look at me sideways because if you like, fight them, you will lose. You? Why yeah. are you here? Uh-huh. <laughs> Where's your sweet? What city? <laughs> you look like a jerk. What's going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you here before. Why are you dressed? Yeah. Well, that, that I love <laughs> this idea, guys. I I really love this idea. Um, 
I, I think that, you know, setting up a side quest like that, think of all the things that you could do, right? Either the character dies and Hinto has a transformative moment. Right. Or the character survives because Hinto's protecting him. Yeah. And, and over time, you use the tools that are available to you to ramp up his courage. Right. And in exchange for teaching Hinto how to read, he's learning how to fight. And he becomes, over time, he becomes right. more of a viable follower, become, right? Yeah, less so, master and more equal. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's essentially what we see happening on a TV show like Vikings, where yeah, he, he assimilates yeah. into the culture and he, he becomes an accomplished fighter, uh, you know, and it's he completely transforms as a person. Oh, but, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, he holds on to some of his roots, but yeah, he's definitely not the same person that they took. No. Exactly. So this is awesome. I'm also I, interested idea. to hear after all this conversation, I'm sure there's going to be lots of good questions mm-hmm. and feedback from folks. If I, I, I don't know where I'm going to take my character because I don't still have enough knowledge of yep. what I don't know. There are lots of folks who are listening who do. I'd be interested to hear some or get some summaries from folks uh, through our feedback form. Oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I think there, there's a lot to say about this topic. It's one that – this is one that's going to come up a lot too because every time uh, we do our character craft segments – like we did today when I was talking about Tundra Defense, for example. Right. Uh, that's an example of a huge, basically a huge side quest I created for myself. I spent from level 10 to level 28 creating that fortress wow. and doing all the fighting and all of that stuff that went along with it. Thatching roofs. You know, yeah. I mean, again, <laughs> right? We've got a character now who's who's very close to level 30 who hasn't done any of the vanilla major quest content. So the opportunities are out there. You just have to you have to look for different ways that you can use these mods. And I'm very excited about Tundra Defense. I've got some some kind of interesting ideas about how I'm going to use it and adapt it for other character situations that we can talk about in future episodes. But this has been a great conversation. Yeah, and yeah. and and just to to tail on to the end of this is mm-hmm. You know, just to remind everyone, Matt here is not using any mods at all. <clears throat> Stuart and I use a we we use a lot of mods. Yeah, we're on the PC. We we mod our games, mm-hmm. and if you're playing PC, chances are if you're listening, you probably do too. Mm-hmm. But uh, Matt, as a beginner, like some of you probably are, he's not running any mods. So. Mm-hmm. Don't be discouraged that you know yeah. I'm console or I don't have I don't have any mods right. on my PC game. Right. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can work with that. And and even though we mention them a lot during during our our discussions, mm-hmm. um, the story is still the story. Yes, it and, is. And and we'll definitely be speaking towards uh, that that group and, and those yep. of you that are concerned that. You know, I'm playing Xbox and I don't have any mod capabilities. Right. What can I do? We we understand. We hear you, yep. and we're, we'll get to that. We absolutely. we absolutely will. The smithing side quest that can all be done vanilla. Okay. If you want to do the buddy ex, you know, uh, escort type yep. of mission, there are NPCs that walk all over Skyrim between oh, for sure. point A and point B. You can find one and follow along with them. Pretend you're being paid to do it. Yeah. You know, it's just, hire a mercenary. Yeah, hi, hire a mercenary. Yeah. Uh, there's the it, options. You know, whatever, right? So yeah, there's a yeah. there's a lot of options I mean, here. So. Mods give you some some flexibility that that the vanilla yeah. game 
may not offer. But, right. you know, this it really and, – and what we're trying to get at is it's all about story. Yep. So the story is the story regardless of the platform you're playing on, and mm-hmm. you can make it work. Yep. And and that's kind of what we're we're all about here is, is making that work. Absolutely. I, mean, I have a feeling that once I start doing mods, I won't want to go back to the vanilla game. So I'm in, I in won't the grand lie. scheme of things, I'm I just trying to stay as vanilla as yeah, I can. Yeah, no, and, and I, I think that's great. Mind, I right? think it's a great place to start because yeah. you get appreciation and an understanding of the game. Uh, but I won't lie, the... There's a lot of really good mods out there. Well, that you guys will, light up when you're like, ooh, I yeah, want to use this mod. There's yeah. a lot of options out there that yeah. really can enhance your game if, you if had you're on the platform that allows it. If you had mod to use, what yep. would you use? If you had to go back to vanilla, everything else, what would be the first mod that you used? Sky UI. I think for me it would be amazing follower tweaks. Okay. I could I could live without the UI updates as long as I could create as many followers as I wanted to and then use them how I wanted. I think AFT uh, gives me the flexibility. I would need to do quite a few of the different things that I've tried over the years. So. Okay. And Joe, why Sky UI? I just, I, it, it offers a smoother, a smoother game experience yeah. for me. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, it's definitely <laughs> it's less clunky. a superior interface, that's for sure. Okay. So, well, I yeah. would add those to the Post-it note list once I get there, <laughs> right? Maybe uh, maybe what I do is, is I keep uh, yeah, Irish keep, Degander the keep way Keep going where you're going right and mm-hmm. uh, experience the game yep. Yep. And, and learn the mechanics uh, as, as you've just recently done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> clothing is good. Yes, Armor is better. Armor is important. <laughs> Weapons are helpful. Uh, and a wood axe is okay, but a hand axe is a hell of a <laughs> lot better. Way better. Yeah. Yep. Keep the wood axe though. Don't dump it off. What do you mean? Yeah. I can't cut down trees with a with a war. Well, yeah, you'll axe. have a tough time at the chopping block. Okay. Yeah. Just not the right tool for the job. Yeah. Most know. chopping blocks, however, do have a an axe nearby. Yeah. Okay. One but nearby see, you can I, use or steal. This is why I hoard everything. Yeah. Right you now. you could jettison <laughs> it and still be okay, but it's just kind of one of those nice yeah. to have. Like a five year old with toys right now. Everything is mine. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough yeah all right well this has been a great discussion uh dear listener we certainly hope that uh you've gotten as much out of it as we have um obviously there is a lot that you can do with this game with or without mods mods will give you a little bit extra control which is certainly nice if you're trying to build on whatever that narrative is that you've got going on but uh, the game gives you all the opportunity in the world. So for our next segment, we are going to be moving on to Crusader Mail. So stick around. We're back. All right, coming up now, we've got Crusader Mail. Crusader Mail, I love it. Crusader Mail. All right, we've been getting a lot of great, great submissions from our Uh, talkback section. Dude, I'm super excited. Um, Oh, God. And I just want to take this quick opportunity to uh, really acknowledge the fan base. Not, Not just the fan base of the... You know the podcast here, but of of the whole Couch Warrior uh, mm-hmm. world. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, this is this. We've been able to cultivate such a uh, an audience of respect. 
mm-hmm. uh, which first and foremost impresses the hell out of me. I'm going to uh-huh. just be honest. <laughs> in, the, in the world of social media, the ability to just go rogue and the an- anonymity that it allows you to just be bluntly a jackass, mm-hmm. it's rampant. Yeah, and it is. We don't have that. Yeah, we're pretty. We're it's pretty amazing. Lucky. It we're really. Lucky, I, so. It's not amazing, but it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not amazing because of the people that we that follow. Mm-hmm. Um, we but know it who is they are in and the general the character. But um, so, yeah. thank you, people. Thank you, fans. Um, Stuart, you built up a great base, and for those that haven't listened to Couch Warrior, have have just started with the iTunes podcasts. Uh, you you're in great company. You, yeah. You've come into a great. Uh, community of people. You really have. There's definitely some some cool things that that went on in the comment threads on YouTube uh, during that series. Um, Thought provoking, really amazing stuff. So, and I'm not saying you have to agree mm-hmm. because you, I mean a lot of people don't agree on on you know one thing or another. But yeah. uh, the way it's presented has just been uh, so constructive and and and. Uh, polite and, yeah, it's respectful. and respectful. You know, it's respectful. That's, so. that's really, that, that's, I just love it. Yeah. I, I really do. I we do I, appreciate that. I think it's great. So, you know, in that vein, um, mm-hmm. I, I really have not read through a submission through the forums where I've said, yeah, that's junk. Oh, okay. I, I have not seen an, uh, a submission yet that where I was like, yeah, that's that's bogus. Well, that's uh, a lot of work for you then because here's somebody that's just you know, material <laughs> screwing around. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I they're it's like all being the really, town scribe though, right? You get yeah. everything. You yeah, have they're, to read they're, through they're, everything. They have been fantastic, every single mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, so, well, what did you pick for us tonight then? Well, let's start out with Cheeseburger zero one two. And Cheeseburger is wondering about cities. Okay. Um, they write, what to do in cities? There really isn't much to do besides chopping wood and looking through shops. Conversing with people isn't really varied enough for many and or long visits into cities. Mods to help me, etc. I mean, what kind of okay. ideas can we offer Cheeseburger uh, 012 to do in a city? Because he's right. When you go in the city, yeah, you're going there to to sell some crap off. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't care if it's Yorland Greymane or Smith stuff or whoever yeah. it is. You know, I've got mm-hmm. ten thousand iron daggers I need to get rid of. Well, you know, Matt is Cheeseburger yeah. a modder? Do we know that or not? Uh, he he or she um, mm-hmm. did not specify whether or not they're a modder. Okay, and can we can we start off with not modding too much? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we'll assume with non. <clears throat> Yeah, because well, they're right. There's there's really not. Right. I mean, you go into a city, you sell stuff, you buy stuff, you might talk to a yarl. Yes, but that's the reason maybe the city exists, right? So a lot of the other things. Yeah, that but it's a city outside of that con. Right, but the 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 excitement in these cases really isn't necessarily about the city. No, right? it's not. And, and I guess maybe that's their point. What what do you do? What do you make, what do you movies. do to make a city exciting? Right. Go take well, a nap at the inn, right? That's excitement. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> right, I mean, right. I, I love this question. And the, the reason that I do is because it, it, pre- it presents a really unique challenge, right? Yeah, the stuff that the vanilla game gives you to do in a city is not, not really varied. But there's, there are ways that you can overcome this by using mods and then also just by your state of mind, right? So think of it this way. 
um, earlier on when we were talking about the side quest with the smithing. Yeah, I visited cities. every city in Skyrim, and it was exciting to me because I was walking in. I was walking through the gates with a particular mission in mind. Well, travel I was, with intent. Uh, yes, travel yes. with intent. I was looking for. Uh, uh, show me the smartest, best craftsman in town. Show me where I can scrounge for materials. You know, let me meet some some locals who can you know send me on on short little quests outside of town to find more things that I need, right? I, I was going in very focused. Um, so that's an example of, of mindset, and that, that could drive a, any number of different things, even in the vanilla game. But if we're able to add mods in, now we can get all kinds of other reasons why we would do this. And it can be economic. There are, there are mods out there. There's a mod called Trade Routes where it's all about being a merchant, where the province of Skyrim is divided into regions. Certain regions of Skyrim are very rich in some materials Mm -hmm. and are not in others. And what it allows you to do is take advantage of those economic uh, shifts, right? So that I can I can go up to Markarth and I can mine silver really cheaply where it's pr- where where it's there's a lot of it right? right and I can take it down to Riften and I can sell it for bigger money right so now I've taken the idea of buying and selling things to a new level right with a little bit of a twist now I'm doing more than just buying and selling I'm actually comparing prices and I'm setting up trade routes that allow yeah. me to 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 really take advantage of these um I don't know what you call resource it. Resource economics. Yeah, resource economics, right, a- across the province, yeah. right? And, and and this is all within the, the yeah. base of the game. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the the trade routes mod, it it kind of just takes a look at how natural resources are distributed across the province and then kind of creates this okay, economic, sure, it creates sure. an economic framework based on scarcity, supply and demand. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. Right? I mean, so, so there's an advantage with yeah. being in a wooded area or mm-hmm. an area that's Oh sure, yeah, mining. you've yeah. you've yeah. got you've got lumber to sell. Exactly. Yeah. And so it is different. Like I can buy a silver ingot uh for for relatively inexpensive. You know, I can mine silver in Markarth oh. and I can silver get Silver blood in says it all. Right. And I can get way more. I can get way more money for it when I sell it someplace else where silver is scarce. And the same is true for all those resources like iron, all the mining stuff for sure, but then there's a lot of other resources that play into this including, it, it includes things like um, uh, it, it does, I think, include stuff like um, timber and crops, food items, uh, fishing, things like that. Okay. So that cool. that's one idea. Yeah. You know, simple mod, set up a trade route. Now suddenly, wow, I've got all this stuff to now do. You, now you got a reason to go to different cities. Exactly. Yep. I'm making yeah. a merchant tour now because I'm going to go sell some stuff, make right. some money. And Chances I'm gonna... are you're going to have a few adventures yep. along the way. Yep. I'm going to That's a great first option, trade yep. routes. Right? Yep. Trade routes. What would a second one be? Okay. Here's another one. I've recently gotten into um, Become a Bard. So okay. for... Uh, mod? F- yep. Okay. For for my new character, uh, for my Epicosity project, while I'm putting Shulat on hold to figure out what I want to do with him next, I've created the candidate for my uh, Guildmaster, Thieves Guild. Oh, okay. Cool. And I decided to focus him on not only being a thief, but being a bard. Introduce that. 
Now you have the ability to go around to the different cities, go to the taverns, and actually play for money and gain notoriety. And with notoriety, you're able to make some money doing this. You're able to go back to the Bard's College, and you're able to buy new songbooks so that you can play more and and kind of build it. So now... Now I'm on a rock and roll tour. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm selling concert jerseys and all that, right? Doer. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here, there you go, right? Yeah. Uh, there, there's another thing that you can do, right? One more. Give me cool. one more. Uh, what would be another good one? Oh, um, just in general, interesting NPCs. For sure, yeah. Um, adds a lot of uh, yep. uh, characters to the game uh, inside and outside of cities. Uh, yep. uh, many of them just have uh, interesting dialogue that's just kind of fun to go through, sure. mm-hmm. uh, listen to a story, and, and yep. others have have uh, uh, an actual quest that will go along yeah. with them. Oh, who's the one? Uh, the one woman that has a, a fun cr- with the big, huge... Uh, the, 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 the horker, the horker. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's funny. If you, if you have interesting yeah. NPCs, go find her because she's a riot. Yeah, she's at the Night Gate Inn, and she's got the best lines ever. I, oh, I yeah. love. She rocks traveling uh, with her. But interesting but, NPCs yeah. will definitely beef up your uh, mm-hmm. city exploration. Yep. Um, Here, any any mods that might add things that the city's missing, such as the smelters, for example. Yeah. Sure, um, absolutely. Gives you a reason to go there and, and yep. melt down some stuff. Yep, there are mods that will allow you to set up your own, set up and man your own stand in the marketplace. Oh, I so didn't know that. So you can become a merchant and oh, actually, like rather than traveling around, you can stock your merchant stand with with stuff mm-hmm. and and sell it. All right. Um, nice. Another one that I that I think is particularly interesting, especially if you're playing a thief character, is uh, sewers of Skyrim. Places a nice. A, a, a complicated sewer complex underneath um, all of the cities, and and basically you know stocks it with all kinds of people doing illicit things and smuggling all this kind of stuff, right? Oh, nice. So there's yeah. there's smuggling that can happen there. Uh, how about your uh, hmm. um, your current mod? <clears throat> Uh, with the cannabis. Oh yeah, There's which cannabis <laughs> okay, so yeah, <laughs> only in Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I got to get a job there. Rocky Mountain um, High. <clears throat> right on, brother. Yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, what did that? If I understand right, that mm-hmm. it's not just about the the, the cannabis. It adds a lot of other stuff. Yes. Where you can go to merchants and buy things. So yeah. you've got a reason to go to the city and, and yes. buy a, a pipe for your wizard. Yes. Or. Yes. Uh, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know the ins and outs. I don't have it installed. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. I mean, well, you know, I, I am this character. His name is Robard, and I'm going to be talking about him uh, in a in in an episode sometime soon. So Pro- we'll get more into episode, this mod for sure. We'll definitely get more into that. Um, I've I've tried to set up Skyrim to be a playground for a thief bard and nice. I've assembled a bunch of mods together that I think are ideal for Robard. And we'll talk about him in some more detail in, in episode eight, I think. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely an option. The other thing you can do, which you could also do in the vanilla game is you can, you can find a temple, uh, inside of a town. What, what I did is I took, um, uh, I took a character and kind of made him a devout follower of RK. Okay. And, uh, made that you know every 
every city kind of has a catacomb where people are buried and stuff. Yeah, like House that, of right? Dead. Yeah, yeah, House of the Dead. Yeah. So in in White Run, I sort of made that place my business. It was a it was a place where not only did the character go to worship, but if if a follower or somebody that he respected died, he would take something that was symbolic of that person and he would he would go to the House of the Dead and he would bury it or place it in there in a ceremonial way out of respect, mm. right? So now you're coming into town for a completely different yeah. motive, which is oh, to, yeah, to, to, sure. visit. Pay to, to pay respect to your dead comrades. Either you're leaving them there or you're coming there to pray and, and pay your respects each time you pass through, right? Yeah. Oh, very that, that's nice. That's another thing, right? I wish I had thought that. of that when uh, uh, I lost Lydia to the Boethia cultus. Oh, nasty. Yeah. It's hard to lose Lydia, but I did it. Yeah, I did it too. Um, <laughs> I've done it too. So, uh, but uh, yeah, no, that that's a great idea. I wish I thought of that because yeah. I, I definitely would have done that because uh, she's yeah. like the Uber follower. Yeah, uh, probably one of the most popular. Yeah, I, I lost her once, uh, literally a half a mile outside of like White Run. It was like oh, I was no. literally <laughs> I, I was just not far past Haunting Brew Meter. Oh my gosh! And it was it was probably. You know, it was the same day I acquired her as a follower. Oh, good Lord. She got killed right there. Oh, no. So those are just some ideas, Jeezburger. Um, you know, take it or leave it. But there, there's a lot of different things you can do. I think it's, it's, it's uh, mods, creative ideas coupled with intent will get you there. And let us know what you did with it. Yeah, let us know how it works oh, for out. for sure. Man. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Next? So, well, we've got uh, uh, two other that I kind of like to, to, to group together. Okay. Uh, let's start out with... Uh, I'll read them both. Uh, I want to start out with Packet Loss from okay. uh, the U.S. here. All right. And it's really all about connecting stories, how to bring storylines oh. together. Right. So what they say is, I've always had trouble melding the Skyrim game into the story I want to tell. How have you been able to bend Skyrim to your story? In other words, how have you been able to dedicate an outcome that falls in line with your story given the only choices that Skyrim as a game provides. Mm-hmm. So the second uh, related question is from Scarlet Silverflame from Ohio. Okay. And what they ask is... Hey, Scarlet. What Hello. They, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what they ask is, uh, I have multiple ideas for different characters with different stories. But I guess for now, I want to give you one of those. I was hoping if there was a way to have three separate stories and have them connected into one. I don't know if you watched the show called Heroes. Um, if not, look it up. But mm-hmm. that's basically what I'm trying to say. So yeah. I personally am not familiar with that particular story. So I did right. do a quick, uh, quick look on the, on the interwebs. <laughs> and basically, really, what the Heroes is about, uh, from according to them, is. Ordinary people that discover they have superhuman abilities and um, how those abilities take effect in the characters' lives and the lives of the common people who discover their powers and how they intertwine right. uh, to become a cohesive yeah. unit. Yeah. So to me, that sounds a lot like uh, some of the stuff you're doing with uh, the the Epicosity Project. Yes. yes. Uh, but they, they're both – how do you make these connections? Yeah, uh, well, from Scarlet Silver Flame and Packet Loss. Okay, well, um, yeah, that's first of all, it, it is a lot like Project Epicosity. 
Mm -hmm. Epicosity has a number of elements in it. First of all, for packet loss, what I would say is before you can tie the quest together, the first thing that you need to do is create a framework that makes it possible. And that's what we were talking about in Epicosity when we were talking about the premise. What What is the the larger framework that all the existing quests could fit into conceivably, or some of them. I think it's, I think it's ridiculous to try to string together um, every quest in the game and think that you're going to make it work. Um, when I, I think the reason that I play a lot of different characters is because a I love the experience of trying new things, and b not every quest fits every character. It just doesn't. But there are some things that you can do to make certain ones fit together, even even some quests that seem diametrically opposed. So yeah, and I, right, and 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 I think what we were talking about earlier uh, with your uh, imperial mm-hmm. uh, soldier yeah. um, is a good example of that. Yep, he's he's a very structured uh, right. imperial factioned person. Mm-hmm. Yet you're you're trying to weave this this yeah. storyline together with the companions quest line, which is very unstructured. Yes, uh, they both have elements of um, of uh, well, it, it, it's it's uh, combat and it's and it's a well, kind of a yeah. martial type of lifestyle, but it's a different yeah. approach yeah, no. to. Yeah, honor. That's the yeah. yeah. They both have elements of yeah, honor. Maybe honor is the common thread. But the way they perceive it and and carry it about is is completely different. Exactly. So I think that's a good example of how you would do that. Right. Uh, but you're right. You cannot take every single quest line and mm-hmm. make it meld. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's just not going to work. What What I think you need to do, Packet, is come up with a larger premise that can serve as the foundation to, to plug things together. So, um, you know, you, you have some larger larger threat that, that allows, that, that would drive your character possibly towards doing more than one major quest line. So one of the things that we talked about is we said, what if there was some bad guy who was so bad but so powerful that he was able to control characters like Alduin, control characters in game like Mirak, for example, right? If you have a threat that's larger like that, if you've got some menace, whatever it is, then you're able to be a bit more nimble. I I think that what you don't want to do is tie yourself into such an intricate plot line that you're you're essentially handcuffing yourself and saying the only way that I can make these two things fit together is if the character believes this and acts like this and blah 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 right you just need a larger looser framework that allows you to be nimble and respond to what's going on in the game and if something is going to tie together it's going to tie together uh for me when I was doing Aranus Arcana it was a little bit more difficult because I, I had secrets I needed to keep. I had a prescribed storyline I wanted to follow. I had a direction I wanted the story to go and certain things I wanted to present viewers with. So, you know, I was always giving a lot of thought to how these things were going to tie together. But I find that when I'm playing on my own for fun, I've got a larger premise 
and uh, I, I kind of let that be the framework I work within. And you know, if if a quest is going to happen, it's going to happen. Don't with, force it. Exactly. With Shulat, I know right. I want him to be in the companion's quest, and I'm taking a little break right now to figure out how that's going to happen. If you um, overthink but, it, it seems you know, like you could manufacture it so deeply that it just isn't enjoyable. I mean, yes, there's nothing right. really achievable when you're when you're spending most of mm-hmm. your time figuring out how the, how do you smash these two things together. Yeah, but, right. Exactly. Um, if if you have uh, access, uh, if you're PC and you have access to mods, uh, one one example, there there are some some instances where you just can't make it work because the game won't let you. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, I am thinking of uh, Blades versus Parthenax. Oh yeah, that's a uh, great one. Um, really, there's no reason that they both can't work. Yeah, but in game, um, if you get to that point without being modded, you'll find out that you cannot make one work without the other. There yeah. is a mod called the Parthenax Dilemma that allows you to have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> oh yeah, um, which I think is a great option mm-hmm. in that particular case. So I've always hated that. I've always yeah because that, there are no good choices in the, that particular yeah. case. And what we're talking about here, without letting on too many spoilers, because Matt hasn't had the joy of going through this this quest line yet, but the game forces you to make a decision that both ways is kind of unsavory. In fact, it does just doesn't make sense to me. The choice you're right. forced to make does not make sense to me at all, and I I don't like either option. Right. So, so you know, if you, if right. you if you are in the the realm of being able yeah. to mod it. That's one. That's I think, a great. That's suggestion, one I would Joe. suggest to to, yeah. to help resolve that. So you can yeah. good so example. You can, you can play your game the way you intended it, mm-hmm. and 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 come out with optimal results. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, uh, here's here, here's an example with Sagramore, for instance. He's a big, strong, tough warrior. Uh, he came off the Civil War quest line, a big storm cloak hero and all this stuff. So how did he end up being a devout worshiper of Hermaeus Mora, who is is all of, generally about people who are bookish and academic and stuff, right? Right. Well, you know, that that was a whole interesting experience for me. I created a side quest that allowed me to do all of this, but the end result was that... Uh, through this experience, I was able to sort of connect Sagramore to a deity that allowed him, in many instances, to do things that were uncharacteristic for a stereotypical warrior. So now suddenly... Well, and a it, stereotypical scholar. Well, yeah. So suddenly it, it wouldn't have been surprising to see this guy, this huge guy in in black armor covered with scars and tattoos walk into the mage college and ask to see their library, you know, right? Because, you know, because he was, he was devout, right? But the way that I saw him is where, where perhaps Hermaeus Mora had followers who sat and did research and were scholars. He was the wing of those worshipers whose job it was to go out and take knowledge away from people who didn't deserve it, mm. right? So he was the guy who... Like taking away all the orange right? weapons from the unworthy. Right? Yeah, and, and, and he went far enough into the mage quest line to get himself hooked up with the librarian there who sent him on all kinds of missions oh, to yeah. find lost books. Right. And that's right up the alley, this mighty warrior who's like, you know, 
I'm I'm coming in and I'm going to burn your place down and I'm taking your books <laughs> and bam, you know. I mean, it was great and That's I loved cool. playing that and the yeah. experience was it was amaze balls because he he was in there just kind of doing this stuff. But it was uncharacteristic for a warrior, but he was kind of this warrior scholar in the way that I think of, you know, maybe how some of the Templars were or something like that. You did, know? Yeah. So did that, you just say amaze balls? I said amaze balls. All right, amaze balls. Is that the first time you've heard amaze balls? It, uh, I'm sheltered, okay. so yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It kind of is, but you you need to read more stuff on Gawker, apparently. <laughs> yes, I said amaze balls. No, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the next person to talk about like a Russian dragon. <laughs> I said, I said amaze balls, Trebek. B a l a n c e. Suck it long and suck it hard, Trebek. Anyways, so there's a song in there. I know. I I don't know if this helps at all. I I think that that maybe gives us something to work with as far as how you could tie some things together. Look for interesting things you can pick out that'll give a character a bent that maybe is unusual or create a framework that lets you operate within that framework maybe a bit more freely, stuff like that. Right. If if there's no common thread, make one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You as know, far but, as But don't try to don't don't try to spiderweb it and and bring yeah. them all together into one. Yeah, just don't it, make it too complicated. You know, it's That's, just not you right. know, yeah. Yeah. yeah mhm. And, and as to Scarlet's question, I I think that just you know, I, I would say, do the epicosity project. Just, yeah, just it, do it. Yeah, you know, yeah. simple solution. You know, do epicosity. You know, build build your characters uh, mm-hmm. up to a certain point to a yeah. for a specific purpose, and yep. then uh, bring them all together. Yep. Yep. Hell yeah! Make yourself a, an archmage. Make yourself a harbinger. Make yourself a listener, and then use uh, that familiar sounds, faces to pull them together. Yeah, that sounds a whole lot like what the the, the heroes. Yep. Uh, show that you referenced, yeah, uh, really sounds like it's, yep. it's uh, these different different personalities, mm-hmm. the different skills coming together for the greater good. Yeah, absolutely, and there is a long period of time while they're discovering their powers and all this yeah. stuff, where we're seeing them individually, but in the end, well, it's about how they come together yeah, and the well, weird ways that, that about happens. that is so, it, it yep. allows you to to have a variety of different playthroughs and experience yeah. a variety of different things along the way and having that whole crew of people who can then turn and be along yeah the with with the leader, the, right. the the greater overarching umbrella of of their purpose yep. uh out as a goal sounds epic it sounds super epic well i think that brings us to the end of a rather epic episode oh my gosh episode. um yeah. Episode. Episode. Maybe that's what we need to start calling. <laughs> episode number 7. I know, right? We've come to the end of another episode. We'd like, oh my god, did we just come to the end of an episode? How long has it been now? Oh, man. We have that was uh, only one episode. <laughs> we would like to f- thank fans of the show for your faithful support and continued encouragement. Your enthusiasm is the lifeblood of this podcast, and I am slurring my words at this point because I'm so damn tired. Um, you can contact us through our website at charactercrusade.com. And until next time, remember, it's not about the objective. It's about the journey. So go forth and experience. Now I'm going to drop the mic. I'm out. God be praised. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end. That was excellent. Uh, how, how come I think that uh, that little bit's going to be re-recorded? It's really fun.